0: Blog Talk Radio. Blog talk. Wow. So,
1: but I'm here. <laughs> no. I literally, literally got it in under the wire. Like, I, I my phone connected <laughs> and the show started at the same time. It was pretty funny. So here we are. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Archivist Vets on Sexy Witches, and I am the Head Huntress. Uh, this is going to be a kind of an interesting episode. I'm Recently, I did a panel at a local convention on the Video Nasty List, which had its anniversary this year—the 35th anniversary. Uh, for people that don't know what the Video Nasty List is, you probably haven't listened to, listen to the show before, because I talked about it a lot. Uh, they were a band of 72 lists of 72 films that were banned in Britain. Um, in 1984, most of them span from about the what was it, late 60s to 1981, 82, 83. There's even, but Herschel Gordon Lewis's film is from 1963. So there's like a lot of films to talk about. We're going to talk at 9:30. We're going to have two of the panelists call in: Amy Davis Tobin of afro Analysis. And Ryan Tutel, Tutelo, I hope that that's right, Ryan, I apologize if that's not, he was on the All You Need Is Blood podcast, they're going to call in, and we're going to do a recreation of that panel in a sexy witch round robin, it's going to be a little bit different lineup, because Queenie, which is by the way, on the line. So everyone, please welcome to my show, the beautiful witch of Seattle, Queenie Todd, <laughs> how you doing, Hi. welcome,
0: <laughs> Hello. So, I'm for
2: tonight. We're going to get to do yeah. Video Nasty some. We
1: have actually you know how never I love done a nasty. show, yeah, not specifically on the Video Nasties, on our show. We haven't actually done this yet. Yeah. So, you know, It's kind of cool. And, of course, in Labor Day, Colonial Theater, where they have the Blob Fest, has their Italian Flatterfest every year. So they always show one or two of the Video Nasties there. So that's pretty cool. I got so, a question um, for you. Yeah. I got a
2: question for you. Was Video uh-huh. Nasty's the first year I did The Madness? That was my first year, wasn't it?
1: It might have been. That was a, it was either that that's or the first evolve. time I had a team. Oh, no, that was yeah. the first time I had a team.
2: Yeah, that's right, because yeah, I had the Martyrs team.
1: Yeah, Team Martyrs, that's right. Good that one. would have been your first good judging night. year. That yeah, terms. that was my first and judging year. Martyrs was, an, was an all-woman team, and the winner came from your team. Even though I don't think got, right. you got the team one that year. I don't remember.
2: I think we got the team one, not the individual one.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly how it went down. My We're going to do that at 930. We're going to call in. So we got a little house cleaning to do cleaning. First of all, how's Seattle been treating you lately?
2: It's been very hot. <laughs> it's been very hot. <laughs> I've here. not been happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I still have flare ups, but the heat doesn't help.
1: So, have you been LARPing or have you been? No. I know you've been doing quite a bit. I've watched some of your tags. You've been tag videoing like a crazy person.
2: <laughs> There's been a lot of tag videos. Um, I've been doing other videos too. Like, I saw Hereditary, so I'm going to be doing a video on that. Because, yes. holy okay. crap, that movie. <laughs>
1: okay i know you want to save your full review for her for this but i have to ask you was i right about your freaking out
2: yes yes you were right i
1: i told you you were going (laughs) to freak because i know you and i know what your what pushes your buttons and this movie pushes a lot of buttons
2: oh yeah all at once.
1: <laughs> all at once. It it's like um, I actually, more I sit on Hereditary as a film, the more I like it, and I think it's just up mm-hmm. to re- repeat viewings. And I think oh, yeah, Tony Collette is not movie. nominated for an Oscar this year. At bullshit. What? Um, that is shit. I mean, it would be. I mean, Tony Collette deserves an Oscar nomination for her performance in that Who's movie. Her acting in and...
2: it is so powerful. Oh. Okay. She's sneaking into the heard, watch.
1: Yeah, the, the scene where she's on the floor crying and he's trying everything he yeah. do to calm her down, but can't because there's no point to calm her down at this point. Yeah, she
2: wails for days. It's not just like one day. It's like. But,
1: but you know, there's a, it, Devil's Candy did this to me too. There's a noise that people make that hits something very primitive in me when it feels real. Okay, when I'm watching something, yeah. I like, there's not many people, like, I have seen grief on film, what, a thousand times? Most of it just rolls off. Devil's Candy, when the girl starts screaming, that
0: triggers mm.
1: me. I, I freak out every time she does it. I, I actually have trouble watching the film because of the performance is so real. The, the girl is attacked. In Hereditary, yeah. when she's on the floor crying, I That's couldn't mean. handle it. It was fucking yeah, real. Just like uh, she hit so she hit that point where oh my god. Anyway, great film. Watch Queenie's video. I'm sure she's gonna and make sure you tag me so I can forward that one because I can't wait to hear your full review of Hereditary. Okay. It will end up in my top ten at some point. I am positive it will be in my top ten at the end so of the
0: year. So good. Whew. So uh
1: So uh, we got a lot of house cleaning to do before we get into our video nasty talk. And uh, and it starts out a little bit uh, arrogant on my end because I'm going to talk about my birthday is coming up, but that's not (laughs) important, okay, even though it is because I'm turning 45, 45, but um, there's the reason I'll get into that in a second, but August 23rd is my birthday. and. I don't have big plans, but what I am going to do is my recommendation to go for a lot of people. One of my favorite cheese ball movies of the 80s is a fantasy film called Crawl. Um, mm-hmm. James Horner, Liam Neeson's in it. Uh, there's tigers and aliens and flying horses and stuff animation spiders. It. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a big mess. It's a hot mess, but it's like wonderful. I love that movie, I love the score. I can watch that movie for days. Um, Riff Track is doing a version of Crawl, is doing Crawl on my birthday, like actually on my birthday. Um, so guess what I'm going to do for my birthday. birthday? So please, if you love Riff Track and you're listening to this show, I'm going to go to see it at 7 o'clock. I think it's 7. I have to double check that um, at one of my local theaters and Anyone's welcome to join me, either virtually or in the theater when I go. So I'll probably put up a, a event page for that because I think that would be awesome. Crow <laughs> is fun, and it's even better with a crowd. You, yes. You, you have you seen it? I assume you have.
2: I have seen it. Yes. And you know what was funny when you mentioned that, my husband went, "Oh God."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hi Ben. Thank how you so doing? Much. <laughs> he's wavering.
1: But you, you, you have can to totally admit see that. Even even if he if doesn't like the movie, he has to admit the glaive is one of the badass like plot devices ever. Like, you know, the glaive oh, yeah, is yeah. so cool. It's like a boomerang with blades. <laughs> yeah. it it's it's a totally awesome <laughs> magical items. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But also, another Big birthday just happened, Queenie. And this one, even though we don't talk about this much on this show, we should really give this some props. On August 11th in 1973, there was a party, a very small party, and the first hip-hop performance happened. So 45 years oh. ago this month is the birth of hip-hop as an art form, and it's been around as long as I've been alive. <laughs> That's kind of amazing, yeah. you know. I remember yeah pretty much everything that happened with in the 80s with what they were going through and the people and, you know, all those records were first run to me. I wasn't a huge rap fan until I heard Public Enemy. It kind of changed my life. The The Public Enemy's first couple of records are still some of my favorites. They're so good. Uh, but, you know, it's evolved over the years. And now it's kind of neat to see all these specials on TV going really deep diving into hip-hop, like, like there's one on Fuse I'm watching right now, and, and talk about it as an art form. And it, it's kind of neat to see it, of validity to it when, when so many people were kicking it while it's down. There's still people kicking it. There's a type of rap that just got banned in England. So um, it's kind of amazing. So I, I want to shout out to hip-hop and changing the world forever. So Anyway, do you want to listen to any hip-hop at all, Queenie? Because I know you're a metalhead, but, but I well, like a little bit of
2: both. I, I used to listen to a lot of hip-hop when I was younger. I was really into Tupac. So.
1: I wasn't you as much into he Tupac. Died, it, was... it was sad. Oh, yeah, when he died, it was yeah. really sad. Um, but sad. But Tupac is from Marin, County, Marin City, which is where uh across the water from where I grew up. So he's kind of a local hero, but I never really got into Tupac as much as some people. I was more into Digital Underground, which is the band in Berkeley, the the rap group that um, Tupac sang for the first time on. Like, they were from Berkeley Mm. High. They were from El Cerrito. So um, also from Berkeley High eventually will be the Lonely Island. They're also from Berkeley High. Uh, You know, Adam Sandberg and, you know, all those people. So there's a lot of crazy people coming out of Berkeley High where I grew up. Uh, but I was in El Cerrito. We had, um, what was it, Tom Fogarty, I think, went there. <laughs> Walk of the day. So we were hippies. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So that's all important. Welcome to hip hop. <clears throat> now, uh, one more thing, Queenie, and this is big one, okay? Um, to, yesterday okay. afternoon, you know, the, you know how much I always shout out to the Nightmares Film Festival, um, in Columbus, mm-hmm. Ohio, um, they always mm-hmm. have fantastic lineups every year. They support my buddies. Mike Lombardo's had a movie play there. Um, Billy Pond's Circus of the Dead is played there. Uh, yeah, so they're always playing people that have been on our show and deserve a lot of love and accolades for their their debut efforts and continuing efforts. So um, the first 13 films were announced, which are fantastic. One of them was the FT2 Beats of Rage, Queenie. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So Nightmare Film Festival's midnight screening, by the way. It gets gets a midnight screening. Um, Columbus, Ohio, October 18th to the 21st. They haven't announced the schedule yet, but it's within driving distance to Ohio. So I am going to try to go. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully I can make it. It would be awesome to see it at one of its premieres. Uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, it, it's a kind of a big deal for me. So uh, I'm hoping yeah, that you keep your fingers crossed for me, Queenie. I, I'm going to try to go um, to the Nightmare Film Festival. Um, so there will be more to talk about that along the way. I just have to wait until they announce some more stuff before I can give more information. But I did want to give out the first 13, and the official first 13 includes the FP2 V3. So not quite horror, but it is post apocalyptic, and we have a John like a John Carpenter-esque villain in the sense that his eyes do the weird light thing like in Big Trouble in Little China and he sucks souls and stuff. So I guess it kind of counts, right? Sure. <laughs> but, Well, it counts as much as Turbo Kid did.
0: Right, right. Oh,
2: true. And
1: and Turbo Kid played played there. So, you know, and they're kind of similar ilk. Like, you know, Turbo Kid's pretty good. I actually like Turbo Kid the more I watch it. So, um, you know, it's, it's actually pretty good. All right. So, that being said, we were talking about it earlier, the madness is stirring, Queenie. I had my first – people have turned in their first round of secret films already. People are that excited. Um, (laughs) And television. We're doing television – secret television shows this year too. Um, So Mm -hmm. that's a big heads up. Um, So, you know, it's kind of neat when you start getting the judges stuff in. You know, it's like, yay! Okay. So I want to remind people that the Madness rule post will be September 18th. That's our 9 p.m. normal time to be on Sexy Witches, right? Uh, so, September 18th, we will read the rules live on the radio. You can call in. Matter of fact, if you call in on that show, I usually give you early points. So, we'll talk about that probably like the episode before it. Um, and um, we will, at, right after the show is over, I will post the rules and it'll be first come, first serve. And we'll talk about more details in two episodes from now. Uh, So, uh, but I wanted to remind people of that. But also, because, and it's not the first time I've done this, Queenie, because the FP2 is playing at Nightmare Film Festival, I am going to have a road trip bonus um, for it. And there may be others that added to that at a later time, but I can't say anything at this time. I know nothing. So... uh, it, but Nightmares is definitely a lock for a screening. We're happy. Woo! And Nightmares is an honor. So thank you, Jason, for, like, both Jasons, Jason of Nightmares and Jason of, of Trost of the show, of movie EFP. to you made my year. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. Uh, so there will be a special road trip bonus. I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet, but Nightmares Film Festival has actually been a bonus before. So, uh, you know, so if you're with them driving, doing some nightmares and are playing the madness, you might get to see the head huntress there and get extra points for that, too. So I hope you all listen. Hope you all there. And congratulations, Jason and Trost, for getting into nightmares. I knew you would. Uh, okay. So that's it. That's all of my news. Um, there's one other thing, and we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Uh, They announced yesterday that Aretha Franklin is in hospice care and uh, is gravely ill. And and, um, Mm -hmm. by the time of this broadcast, she is still alive. And I hope that she stays that way as long as she feels she wants to. Um,
3: But it is rather
1: sad. I already cried a little bit about it today because I love her so much. I saw her at uh, a blues festival here in uh, in Annapolis, at Sandy Point, a few years back, and um, it was a very hot day, and I had a hard time remembering the set. There was some really great stuff. Three Dog Night was there, which was pretty awesome. Oh. Uh, but she she brought she took us to church. She sang Bridge hmm. Over Troubled Waters. And she started it, like, pretty straightforward. By the end of it, it was full gospel revival on stage. And, you know, so wow. she took us to church. And if anybody's going to take us to church, it's Aretha Franklin. And so, you know, love and live the queen. Uh, may she reign. Mm. So uh, oh, do you yeah. have any news or weird things you want to talk about, Queenie?
0: Um,
1: um,
2: I don't know. Uh, oh, I'm almost at 500 subscribers on my YouTube channel. I'm, like, right on the cusp, man. Like, I got three more to go, I think.
1: <laughs> I am so glad to hear that because, yeah, I noticed that the other day. I'm subscribed as well. And I don't subscribe to any YouTube channels. But since my daughter, the Evil hmm. Genius, has taken over my YouTube and she's subscribed to everything, I just started, I need to subscribe so I can actually see when you guys have new stuff now. <laughs> Oh, I have to do it. So I watch your stuff. Yeah. As you know. So, um, well, and, uh, it's, oh, I'm so excited for your hereditary review. Um, <laughs>
0: okay. oh man, I can't did wait to I talk see, about
1: it. I haven't seen anything new, have I? I told you, did I tell you I went to see Deadpool 2 finally? I did see that. Yeah, you did. I think yep, it's called, yep, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. That was the last thing I saw in the theaters. That was. I excited. need to
0: see that. I really do. <laughs> yeah. I really
1: need really to need to see more things. I need to see more things.
0: Yeah.
1: I've been mean, up my to life. my eyeballs in horror. Oh, I did see *In My Skin*, the French mm. horror New Wave film about like self-cutting and and cannibal, self-cannibalism. And What's it, it like? reminded me. I. I. It's. Have you seen it?
0: No, I want to, oh, though.
1: Okay, you really should see this movie. It's very interesting. Um, so this girl gets an, a, 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 g- gets an injury on her leg, right? She gets a wire, caresses her leg. And, you know, and so she goes to the doctor, and they treat it, but then she gets fascinated by it. And so it's not healing properly. So she starts getting fascinated with her skin. And it leads to her, like, ripping it more and and cutting in other places. And then she actually starts to consume her own body. And um, it's,
3: it's really cool.
1: It's really disturbing, especially the big scene where she goes. They, 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 there's one scene that lasts a really long time. And it's almost like she's, like, while she's devouring herself, she's also making love to her body, like, own body. Um, it reminded wow. me a lot of Cronenberg's crash but with one person
0: mm.
1: uh matter of fact yeah. she even uses a spoiler alert she tries to cover her tracks once by causing a car accident so i cannot believe I, I have to believe that's a shout out to crash because this reminded me a lot of it uh it was really good i saw it for uh amy tobin uh, davis tobin's uh uh panel that i was on like oh on wow. the convention last night And so I saw it for hers because I was on that New Wave Friendship Remedy panel. And so it was kind of cool because I couldn't get much in, but I got that one in. Didn't get martyrs in, still did not get martyrs in. I I could not afford it. It was expensive. Mm. (laughs) I was like, whoa, I can't afford martyrs. So I have to still see martyrs, and I promise by the end of the season I will see martyrs because I cannot yeah, right. <laughs> end the season without seeing martyrs. Especially since they talked about it in great detail, and it sounds like it's so up my alley. It's like the devils, right? Like you know, torture. You're love it. Oh my god! Well, I won't love it. I'll just be appreciative no. of it. It's like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. you know how I feel about things like Inquisitions and shit like that. But at the same time, I am also love those, those movies are the ones that get me the most. Like, The Devils is just fucked up, okay? Fucked up movie. We, yeah. we hate The Devils. Yeah. It's just absolutely fucked up. Um, and what else do we get? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of other things that happen. Hey, we got a caller. You want me to see who it hey. is? Yeah. All right, let's see. Yeah, we got a couple minutes, maybe one of our callers, I mean, one of our people, and maybe someone we don't know, we'll see. Hello, you're on with sexy witches. Hello?
3: The call is coming from inside the house.
1: <gasps> oh, no!
3: <laughs> <sighs>
1: hey, in it's in Ryan. In that's not a good eye, Ryan, you, you, you don't want to do that to Queenie, though, because she'll wolf out and eat you.
0: Yeah, oh, geez. That, that's, that's, <laughs> the, the, that's the
1: big yeah, that's the big twist in her horror film, okay? Like the the guy <laughs> home invader and then she wolfed out him. That would be awesome. That'd be a great short film. to make made that you movie. I'd you a million dollars right there. Right? Yeah, that, that sounds
3: good. That reminds me of um oh, what the hell's the name of it? There was one movie with Kevin Sorbo and it was Fright Night, but he was a werewolf. <laughs> um, and like the kid, he like broke into the house and was like, "Oh no, he's a werewolf." <laughs>
2: that sounds amazing. I, I, I just find it now.
1: I, I just watched. Um, I've been watching. Oh, anyway, anyway, welcome to the show, Ryan Tutulo. Is that right? <laughs> is that how you say it? Can yeah, that's pretty close. Uh, close, not. Close I usually short it to
3: just. I usually just go to Tutulo or Tutulo. It, it doesn't really matter.
1: Tutulo, but of all. You Need a Blood podcast, everyone. Welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Thank you for joining us. So I appreciate it. Um, so um, now I did see something with, very similar. It's, um, there's a show on True TV called Monster, Misfits and Monsters about Kat I went to the panel at San Diego Comic-Con. And um, their second episode is about a used car salesman who's actually a werewolf that runs for president and wins uh <laughs> it is pretty <laughs>
3: does Bobcat star Bobcat.
1: in this a Bobcat does not star in it. He writes it and he directs it uh so but uh like all sorts of people pop up. Seth Green's in the first episode and I just want watch... it, it, it is all sorts of like comedians it, it, you know basically, if you take the cast of Dunk history and give them an actual script It's the same people <laughs> so uh oh. uh it it's, it's hit or miss uh, but the episode I'm trying to get to is they, one of my favorite tourist shops in the entire world is the Leaky Watchy Springs in Florida, which is a state park that has mermaid shows. And they actually shot one of the episodes at the mermaid show. So I'm really looking forward to it. But I can't I'm, I'm, I'm force myself to watch them in order. So, but anyway, I digress. So, Ryan. I have to talk to you for a minute and I will bring on our other guests here. One of the things that I wanted to bring up before we start our town Robin about the video nasties was something that came up during Amy's panel on French extremity. Mm -hmm. And I had to leave at that moment, which I really wish I could have stayed back there, but you made a confession that you've never seen and cannot watch Cannibal Holocaust.
3: Yeah, I have like this, I don't even know how to describe it. It's sort of like a uh, a mental block that I just don't want to watch it. Like, I, it, it is, and it's all about the animal killing stuff. So it's like, I've seen movies with animal killings in it, and it's like, you know, like a necromantic or something like that. Um, but those are more like, oh, that just happens in the background, and it's not the most effed up thing in this movie, whereas Cannibal Holocaust, like, pretty much it's all built up, at least in the horror community, it's all built around the animal killings. And I'm like, you know what, I just – I don't know that I have to watch every movie. Maybe I just don't have to watch that one.
1: Uh, I will validate this for you uh, because I have watched Hannibal Holocaust, and there's not many films where I draw lines. That one is one of the films I draw a line with because not – even though I have watched many of others, including Cannibal Ferox, which I do like, by the way – um it mm-hmm. it the, the 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 context of the animals in the movie are different like in cannibal Ferox, a lot of the time it's stock footage and it's things that would happen in nature or it's someone eating a pig or you know something in context when you watch cannibal holocaust and they kill that river turtle it is absolutely brutal it's the actors doing it it's Everything about it is wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong stuff. Covered in wrong stuff. Like, it just, I can't get past it. And so I don't watch the film. And people are like, well, there's an edited version. The edited version does nothing for me because I know it's there. Right? Yeah, right. I, not, and, I don't, <laughs> and I don't believe in watching edited films, as you know. Anyway, so, you know, so I... That's, that's I, why you I can't valid- find a
3: cheap version of Martyrs. Yeah, That's right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's right. Uh, I validate its cinematography. I validate its music. I think the score is fabulous. I validate even, to an extent, the story it's telling. Uh, but the, there is something about the cruelty of Cannibal Holocaust that I can't get past. And so yeah, I did, during the Video Nasty year, because I thought it was such an interesting, because uh, I am fascinated by it, the story of it and all the stuff that happens behind the scenes, of course. Um, we did an essay contest. I still have those essays where you had to go pro-cannibal holocaust or con-cannibal cool holocaust. Oh, I yeah. Think so. The winner was pro, if I remember right. or It was really funny. I think it was like the first submission, too, which was kind of amazing. Uh, so hmm. I, I just wanted to, like, talk about that with you because I wanted to tell you we had this whole relationship with that movie. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's interesting, yeah.
1: Yeah, so... Speaking of Amy, she, while we were talking about Cannibal Holocaust, please welcome to the show the host of After Dark Analysis, Amy Davis Tobin. Welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches, my dear.
2: Hey, everyone. How are you guys doing?
1: Woo! Pretty good. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm
1: doing, I, I'm on fumes, but I'm doing well. I'm a, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can pretend to be happy. I'm good at it. So we're going to be happy. And actually, I'm pretty happy because they're talking about one of my favorite subjects. Anyways, which is video nasty. Uh, so how has life been treating you, Amy? How's your show? You had a new episode, I saw. I actually listened to it about the um, 80s, the books about during Satanic Panic.
0: hmm
2: Yeah, that's that's so. part of the re-uploads I'm doing because I got terminated. So, like, every other week's a re-upload and then... Uh, I do two reuploads a month and two new episodes a month.
1: I found it amusing because you always say yes in the middle of it. Of course, I talk about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I was like, ah, uh-huh. <laughs> you, know, you, you always talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my god! And I was I a hardcore. Uh, I, I I was a hardcore D and D person, so you know it's like, ah, uh, you know, oh my god, nerd, it's funny. nerd. <laughs> Well, Ryan's not a nerd, no. I'm yeah. Megan, I'm,
3: I'm, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm calling into to a show to talk about horror movies. <laughs>
1: I've, got, I've got no, uh, yeah. yeah. We, we are, this is the podcast from the geek girl's perspective. So you're in a sea of nerds, deal with it. Because, you know, we're Excellent. all, you don't have to be a sexy or a witch to be a sexy witch, just so you know. So uh, it's about confidence. <laughs> what are you implying about no, no. my sexiness? Oh, well, that's <laughs> up to you. You can just dis- imply all you want. I heard your show. It's all dick and fart jokes, right?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Less dick, kidding. more fart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's his quote, not mine. Okay, I, I, I yes. don't agree with him. I, he, he Ryan actually was a hero. Well, they both were heroes during the whole thing. But Ryan was a hero in the sense that the last minute I um, – One person I couldn't find, and the other person had a migraine and decided to cancel. So uh, Ryan, I asked him to stay until at least one person arrived late, which they did arrive. But then he stayed for the whole thing, which was great because I had an empty slot. And not only did he stay for the whole thing, he stayed for the trivia as well. So Ryan, thank you for being my assistant. uh, Thank you. That was awesome, by the
3: way. That that trivia was like, I can't believe you you put that together. I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much more organized than I could ever be. (laughs)
1: That's not completely true, uh, but I'm really good at trivia. Queen, you can tell you I am really good at trivia. Oh, I Yeah. You always have Uh, the trivia uh, for the
2: Halloween madness.
1: Yeah, my my contest is coming up, and in the warm-up section, I always do a round or two of trivia based on our theme. This year's theme is holiday horror days. So we're doing holiday horror and horror anthology films. So it's going to be kind of a crazy thing. Oh, and television, too. Foreign Solidity Television is exploding. My judges are got like so much stuff that they're doing with that, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, so it is now 9:32, and so in our virtual platform here, we're gonna do the sexy witch round robin, which is something round robins are something I do all the time on the show. I have guests and my sexy witches. By the way, Erin Marie could not be here tonight because she is moving cross country who, uh, no, she's not moving, she's bringing her daughter across country who's starting college next week. So Erin Marie, Aww. good travels, good safety, and Madison, oh, Thank my God, me. I'm going to miss you. You are so talented and beautiful. Kick yeah. some ass in Fort Collins. Kick some ass. So uh, we love them. Uh, so we're going to read our top five, starting from five and working our way to one, but we've all made our top ten. And so let's just say I say a film that or Queenie said a film and I had it on my list too. I can pick something from the, the, the bottom of my list or I have two honorable mentions of any band, film from any time period that I could talk about. It's whatever we want to fucking talk about because this is our list <laughs> and it doesn't have to be our favorites, but sometimes I'll put something on the list I just want to talk about. So um, I'm trying to think of what order I should do this in, Queenie, because normally I have this like virtual thing in my head where Erin Marie's always to my left and you're always to my right,
0: uh, but <laughs> Erin Marie's
1: not here, so I nope. uh, my virtual brain tells me that Ryan is to my left. So mm. I would say Ryan, Amy, Queenie, then I. How's that? Is that okay? All right. Sexy is Witch- sure. goes. Third and fourth, is that good? Okay. Yep. I'm gonna call it my. Sounds top good. Ten. Ryan, are you ready? All right. Um, I'm just thinking five. if I want to
3: do a last minute change, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with what I got. Okay. Okay. Let's start off here. Uh, my pick for my number five is um, a movie I actually just watched for the first time this year. I actually watched it for my podcast. I hadn't seen it before. And when my co-hosts picked it, it's 1981's Possession. Oh, and nice. uh, this one is, yep, this one's part of the, uh, the Section 2 uh, non-prosecuted films. Um, if you know about the Video Nasties, sort of their background there, they're the ones that went to trial and, you know, were found of having objectionable content and banned. And then there were the ones that weren't, but they still weren't supposed to own them. Uh, this sort of falls into that second category. I was directed by Andre... Zulowski, which is the best pronunciation you're going to get from me um, it stars Sam Neill and Isabella Ajani um, this yep, Ajani. is an absolutely okay. yep it's an absolutely beautiful film it's super artistic um, and in my opinion it's not viewed enough it's pretty underrated uh, I think I think a lot of people should go out and experience this film if you like artier horror if you like artier films not even just horror this is one to definitely look into uh, Isabella does a fantastic job. She plays multiple characters in the movie. She has this one possession freakout scene that is like just absolutely terrifying to watch. And it's really just the camera on the actress as she is just losing her shit, um, just like going out of her mind, bouncing her off the the walls of a subway. Um, the movie's gorgeous. Uh, the plot is. I'm not going to say difficult to follow, but it's um, it's European, it's you know. It has that sort of like, yeah. The, the plot isn't necessarily the most important thing; it's more the terror building up oh. in it. Um,
1: it. Everyone, so yeah, that's at each that's, other, oh, that's my first oh, pick there. Oh, oh, oh. So you know, it reminds <laughs> me a lot of of uh, I'm trying to think not not Cronenberg, but like William Burroughs. Like it, it kind of goes yep. in that direction. I always felt. Uh, It is very European, like, like, the monster is in the corner and doesn't do very much until the big reveal moment, which I'm sure is why it became a video nasty. Um, But but that's one of my favorite
3: parts, the monster in the corner, like, you can't really see it. Like, I was even watching, you know, the Blu-ray, which is great quality, and it's in the corner and you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, they don't make mention of it, it's just over in the corner.
1: So is, good. There's, there's a monster but it is yeah it, it it's it's so different than the rest because it's not really a horror film it, it's more of a drama with with psychological overtones and, and you know so i always kind of like why is this on the list but it was eventually pulled off the list it wasn't on the you know 39 of the 72 had successful prosecutions this one didn't not so much So, uh, you know, there's there's a reason for that. I won the friggin' Cannes Film Festival for Best Actress. I mean, you know, really? (laughs) So, uh, does Queenie or Amy have anything they want to contribute to Possession?
2: Possession's one of the few I was really bummed I actually couldn't get a hold of because I knew it had so many accolades, and that's a big abnormality in this list because most of them were kind of on the schlocky side or on the horror disposable side whereas I've seen the scene Ryan's talking about and I've heard it in context it's a fabulous scene just out of context it's very goofy and um, I once heard the film described as they were doing Kabuki theater as a base point and just going off with the drama from there. So I really want to see something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: If you want to see a film where people are, like, yelling at each other for an hour and a half, it is definitely one of those kind of movies. So nobody talks to each other in in normal tone. Just be prepared for that if you watch the film. But it is really good. Um, Trivia that I didn't talk about during the panel is that the VHS release, the cover, flip cover, was actually backwards. So the uh, the, the back, which would normally be where all the cool pictures are, was actually on the front. And the cover was on the back side of the VHS clamshell. Weird. <laughs> yeah, they were trying to be Arty, uh, but that's how it was released. So, Amy, if Possession's not your number five, what is?
2: I'm doing Axe slash Lisa Lisa slash California Axe Massacre. Yeah.
0: That's the Yay. Um,
2: fascinating thing. <laughs> um, it, it, that? Perfect, because... Of uh, the way Ryan was talking about, you know, it really didn't deserve to be there, because this was released under the title Lisa Lisa, but then they did California Axe Massacre, obviously to capitalize on TCM, and it just became Axe, and it had the image of the bloody axe and a stump. It really was a drama. There was like almost no gore, so this is one that the cover art and name were totally the reason it was prosecuted.
1: Um. Lisa Lisa is, yeah, it, it was a successful prosecution, but it's not really a horror film either. It's more of a, a home invasion survival story. Um, it's actually pretty good.
2: Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it, honestly. It's just, it's one of those, because I talked about, I was reading a book about a man who was prosecuted and it was from his perspective And he pointed out, he's like, they had to watch all the tapes when they were taken so people weren't just, you know, putting an uncut copy in a cut box. They had to prove this was the legit certified version that you could rent out or sell. He's like, the cops, there's no way in hell they could have watched all those tapes. There's absolutely no way mathematically they wouldn't have been able to do it. And this is absolutely a victim of it. If somebody had looked at it at any point, they would have seen it's fine.
1: Well, you know, a lot of weird victims happened. The big red one, which was is a military film, was accidentally seized. Uh, the best, the one I used in the trivia contest, the Best Little Horror House in Texas, starring Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds, which was one of my favorite musicals, by the way, uh, it was seized <laughs> and was momentarily a video nasty. Uh, they sometimes just tooled them for the covers and the alone. Uh, as you know in the back in the day the horror film back covers always had like four squares with some of the most glorious moments in the movie uh, one of my favorites was the burning back in the day um so when it comes to the covers of course sometimes like carnival holocaust has had a drawing and that was enough to see anything with the word cannibal on it right so uh you know it's it, it, and then they said, you yeah, I have to watch these films. They didn't have time to watch these movies, and they just burnt them. they did. I can't even imagine the smell that must have come out of those incinerators when they were burning videotapes.
2: Yeah. I, th- I thought smelling a moldy tape or dry rot was bad. Yeah, no, burning must be ten times worse.
1: No, I mean, it must be worse than any vinegar syndrome can I've ever dealt with, which is bad. Oh, my God. When, it, when you have a can, you pop it, and it's vinegar syndrome, oh, it's, gross. it's so gross. Um, so, well, uh, Queenie, our first sexy witch, gets to chime in now with your number five. We don't know what's on your list, because, or I don't have a clue, I should say, because uh, you weren't on the panel.
2: That's right. I wasn't on the panel, so I had to make uh-huh. this up on the fly. <laughs>
1: I'm like, oh, shit, I need to make a list up. Oh, Oh, but you're good at this, so, you
2: know. My number five is a movie from 1979. It's called Zombie or Zombie with an I, and I love this film so much. (laughs)
0: Like,
2: parts of it were considered in... um, Sorry, the movie was prosecuted because parts of the film were bloody and gory because of the zombie content. Um, this film has, uh, the shark versus zombie scene. All right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it makes
2: this film amazing. <laughs> I love that scene so much. <laughs> uh, I love to bring it up whenever I can because I'm like, this is just ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> That's why I love the film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I
1: think mean, this a great oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. oh, my God. So, you know, this is like number two on my list. Yeah, they are. Uh, this is absolutely number two on my list. Um, it's one of my favorite films of all time, actually, is yeah. like, Zombie, yeah. Zombie 2, Zombie Flesh Eaters. I mean, it has so many it,
0: fucking it's names. It's
1: what
2: the zombie genre should be about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all that, so that there's like... I On Sunday, I was having a really blue day. I'll, I got to tell you the story, Cleania, about zombie. Okay. I, had a, I was having a really blue day for a lot of reasons. Um, my best friend, John and Kim from New Jersey, were down going to Otakon, which is our big anime convention here in D.C. My daughter went with them. So while that's going on, there's supposed to be this big white supremacist rally also downtown, not quite near each other, but that's caused you know, a little bit of concern. My husband and his best friend, Alex, decide they're going to go down and counter the, the Nazis. So everybody I knew was down in downtown D.C. I was running, like, emergency guards, so I was staying at the outside rendezvous point, right? If I needed to go in and get them, I could do it. We had bail on ready. I mean, we really were ready for this. Um, and uh, and only 25 Nazis showed up, which is hysterical. Uh, like hundreds of people that didn't like Nazis showed up, so there is hope for our world. Um, but... I was flipping through channels and I had shutter on and I was gonna do some research and zombie, you know how the the, the movie starts playing, the T V sh- the T V stream starts playing? Zombie had just started. Yeah. It was only like twenty minutes in, so it was right before oh, Zombies yeah. versus Shark. I ended up watching the whole thing again. <laughs> it it's fascinating.
2: Food, it's such a great movie. <laughs>
1: It's frigging comfort food. It makes me feel better, yeah. you know. I, 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 so, so Amy or Ryan, so what do you, you feel about? <laughs> so what, how do you feel about zombie? I know that Ryan really likes zombie. I, I don't know if Amy mentioned anything about zombie during the panel.
2: Yeah, I, I really do enjoy zombie, and we definitely need more aquatic zombies. You said something yeah. about, you know, comfort food in terms of film. Right. Um, in the Mouth of Madness is actually mine. Oh, I love that movie too. <laughs> Sam Neill can do no wrong. Uh, <laughs> Not right? Uh, Sam Neill.
1: He's been in some fucked up films if you think about his resume. Oh, I love and, them all. I mean, I mean, it makes Jurassic Park look quaint compared to the rest of them. So you know. Well, yeah, that's they, the normal <laughs> one. Uh, Shout out to Fabio Frizzi. Once again, the score is awesome. The the guy who did yeah. the makeup I always blank on his name right when I need to say it and I like try to memorize it. Oh Din De Rossi. Hell yeah. Remembered, Deonetto De Rossi will go on to and I I should have mentioned this during your panel, Amy. He goes on to do high tension. So She's, as makeup oh, wow. so yeah, he ends up being pioneer of the French New Wave. So, dude, hmm. Props to Leonardo DiCaprio, right? I mean, like, like I don't think the movie would be half as good if it wasn't for the makeup, and he had no budget, zero, zero no budget. budget at all. It's no amazing how the in is made. He, he said he had to do it with basically clay and maggots, and that was what he had. Uh, so yeah, so pretty fucking cool. Um, love that movie. Um, all right, so my number five is a bit more mainstream. Uh, it was actually one of the first Toby Hooper movies I ever saw, and I became a huge fan of his ever since, and it hit my wheelhouse. It's called The Fun House, 1981. Um, it is uh, one of the more higher-budget films on the video nasty list. Uh, it stars the, uh, the girl that plays uh, – what was her name again, Ryan you think I would have my notes up. I do. I'm just lazy about looking at them. Um, um, <laughs> uh, from oh, I, should, I probably should have looked
3: that one up. Yes. Uh, oh, I can't remember there. her name. She's gorgeous, though. I know that.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, my computer tells me I can't find anything. So, like, whatever. Okay.
3: Elizabeth right. Barrage.
1: Oh, Elizabeth Barrage. Thank you. Thank you. That is correct. See, Ryan's really good at trivia. He just doesn't realize it, and he's very fast at reading. <laughs> so we like that, too. I just um, yeah, to have to Yeah, so Eliz- Elizabeth Barrage is, yeah, she stars in Amadeus, opposite, uh, you know, which is, like, a Best Picture winner. Uh, this movie, though, is, is actually her debut. Um, it is really weird. I actually think it's one of the better slasher movies because there's a lot of character-driven Motivation for the what's happening it's not just some like masked guy matter of fact, the mask has context, even why he's wearing one and, you know and going through the fun house and killing them one by one, you know interlopers seeing something they shouldn't and, and you know being, having to be silenced, all that fun stuff, but what's really amazing about the fun house is not. The film itself, but its atmosphere—it's uh, very claustrophobic. Uh, there's amazing lighting and cinematography in it. Uh, Toby Hooper wasn't always known for his restraint when it came to camel work, but at the very end of the movie, he shoots the most beautiful tracking shot in a film, and that film is that particular tracking shot is. As influential as the tracking plot and singing in the rain for some cinematographers, so it, it's a pretty gorgeous shot. It's one take, and um, and it's just the morning. It's just the morning after. It's all it is, and I so I really like everything about this film, and it's a lot of fun. Um, some people don't like it, uh, you know. I don't know why. I mean, it, it kind of fits into the whole slasher genre, and that was happening in the eighties. What it does
3: anybody want to pick up my mantle uh, for the Funhouse? Yeah. Uh, one thing i like to mention about Funhouse is both the set design and the use of color in it, uh, both of which are not something that's completely normal for horror movies to be excellent. And I think in Funhouse, they, Hooper and his team knock it out of the park. I think it's a really, really good-looking slasher movie.
1: There's a moment in the movie where Elizabeth Barrett is looking through a fan at her family who's outside the funhouse house in the middle of the night looking for her. And she screams, and you can't hear her because the fan's too loud. But it's not the sound part that's interesting. It's the shot. It's so beautiful like the lighting coming through and and flashing on her as she's looking at her family it does unfortunately have one of the most annoying kids I think in a movie uh, I don't like to this <laughs> on the kids very much, but this kid is useless absolutely useless you know no you know he's almost as bad as Bob from house by the cemetery he's he's my no one yeah, no kid. way you no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least he, yeah, no, he's not up to Bob level. But, you know, I, I would rank him up high with Bob so because um, he is rather annoying. Like, But he's more on the, like I said, the useless track than actually annoying. He just kind of stares into space in shock. That doesn't do anybody any good. So, you know, but, you know, I think that might have been a shout-out to Halloween a little bit because he's wearing a clown costume, I believe, in that shot, too. So... Um, Anybody else want to contribute, or should we move on to Ryan's number four? All right, Ryan, Ryan, everyone's quiet, so what's your number four?
3: All right, um, I'm actually going to move this one up a little bit, just so I can have a chance to mention it, because I'm afraid someone else is going to pick it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, 1981's The Beyond. Um,
0: uh, and
3: uh, this one's again—it's—it's it's another Lucio Fulci movie.
0: <laughs> Dang it!
3: <laughs> yep, you gotta gotta get ahead of it. So, um, no, so, yeah, <laughs> this is actually—it's it, the second in Fulci's uh, death trilogy series. Uh, both City of the Living Dead and House by the Cemetery, who we just mentioned, uh, being the other two. And uh, I think this one's actually my favorite Fulci film. And I, as I had mentioned before, about um, plots sometimes being secondary in some European films. This one is like the king example, I think. I still don't totally understand the plot of this movie, and I've seen it like a dozen times. Um, But it's not about the plot. It's about the set pieces, the little intricate pieces of horror that Fulci brings together to make the movie. Um, Each one is unique. Uh, You don't see these type of things in every other movie, except for perhaps the zombie, you know, some of the zombie stuff. But other than that, um, it's essentially about the gates of hell being opened and all kinds of crazy stuff is happening, and the characters have to deal with this complete bullshit. Um, the shots are beautiful. The special effects can be some can be hit or miss. Maybe only in one occasion, <laughs> spiders. Um, but other than that, overall, that's it's a great movie. That's the deal breaker
1: for me. I, 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 <laughs> on, I, I rank zombies higher have have because of spiders. Oh man, <laughs> they're not. Oh
2: cool. my yeah. god! Flashback <laughs> to the madness last year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I didn't mean to interrupt. By the way, I have to warn you because I had to use the emergency backup backup headphones. I'm having a six second delay, so if it sounds like I'm cutting you off, I apologize. I'm really not. I'm responding oh. to something you've said and going ooh or something. So anyway,
3: <laughs> no, problem, uh, no problem,
1: no problem. I do, and you can talk about this more. Uh, he only spent one or two days in New Orleans shooting, so he did, there's not a lot of actual shots in New Orleans, but there are shots in New Orleans. And uh, I always thought that because he did that, it gives it a, an authenticity that some of his other movies did not have.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The music in this That's- one is great, too. Just 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 like mentioning um, uh, in Zombie, this one's uh, Fabio Uh, Frise, uh and it, it, the music builds the tone perfectly. I think it really comes together. To make a successful horror movie. I don't know. I just love this one. Again, this one's a little bit on the arty side, but for a Fulci movie that's kinda of unique. I like that part of it. I think this is uh Fulci essentially stretching out to his maximum, like, I'm gonna do this as good as I can, and I think this is where this is where Fulci hits his peak in my opinion. Uh, but well, I'm sure no you ending, know, not everybody's gonna agree with that.
1: Oh yeah. no. I, I the, ending, the ending of the film on its, on its own is worth Seeing the movie because I love the ending to this film. Because even though yeah, it's very loose narrative structure, it's very much reminded me like uh, here we're getting heavy Fellini. But Fellini does the same thing. He'll like do these like really like they don't seem the shots seem to coincide until you get to the very last shot of the film, and then you can see the line that he was leading. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing with that final shot. It's fantastic. And I, 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 I'll I, watch, if I know that if I'm flipping and I see the beyonds on one of the, the channels and it's in the, like the last, like in the hospital, if I know there, I'll always stop and watch it to the end. Always. <laughs> you know, even though it's not my favorite shot in the film. My favorite shot of the film is uh, the girl on the causeway with her dog. That's my favorite shot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Amy, what about you? Number four, or do you want to contribute to the beyond?
2: Um, If Queenie has anything to say, because I think Brian jacked it from her. (laughs) I definitely
1: saw it. He's got a list. Don't worry. We've done this before. (laughs) Queenie will have a backup. This gives her time, actually, to decide what she wants to bring up from her lower (laughs) list. So, Amy, Amy, what is your number four, then?
2: Uh, My number four and uh, my top ten is essentially just movies I want to talk about. Um, for number four, I have The Witch Who Came From the Sea from 76.
0: <laughs> mm. Mm. Hey, I, just, I just saw that for the first time this year. <laughs> Talk about <Same>. military, <laughs> <laughs> Amy, why am I laughing? Tell them. I mean,
2: it's one of those I get why it was on the list because it was, it dealt with a heavy topic of child abuse and child, like, sexual molestation and how, the abuse can be different between siblings, and how they cope can be different, because one girl was getting it one way, the other girl was getting it another way, they both coped completely different, but I'm assuming you're laughing because of the terrible tattoo. Uh,
1: well, all of it, the, the sex is just not erotic, is it? I mean, there's nothing interesting, like, like, when it comes to, it's just a weird story, and the weird tattoo, and watching, like, Millie Kirkens played Anne Frank. You know, um, you know. So I had this issue where that kept taking me out of the film. I was like, Anne Frank is shouldn't be naked, um, even though there are cut out parts of the diary where she is. But that's not the point right now. Uh, but anyway, talk about it some more. Why did you want to talk about it?
2: I, yeah, essentially, just for those who haven't seen the film, it's about an adult woman who's kind of having issues just adulting. And she has a sister who has two kids. She absolutely worships her father. The sister does not. You find out the father was very abusive. But it's like her nieces and her two nephews start kind of falling more in line with the aunt than the mother. It's a whole weird thing, and she's obsessed with television. She believes, like, anything on television is the way it is. And she meets this guy from an ad, and he is not what she thought he was. And everything kind of goes downhill from that.
1: So um, it is very pretty. Um, it's shot along the, uh, there's lots of shots of beaches, which is like, I always make a joke as a running gag through a lot of the video nasties. You'll see beautiful shots of on beaches and then horrible things happen to people. You know, the Slayer is a good example of that. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and complete it. Islands of Death. Oh my God. I, I you know, that was part of that, that gift package I gave away at the trivia. And I almost felt embarrassed giving that to somebody. I mean, that it is a just a cakey, bad, bad movie that makes no sense whatsoever. And oh my God. Anyway, we won't talk about that movie unless it comes up on the list, which is not going to come up on mine. But if you, uh, but every. <laughs> Absolute video nasty completus has to see both the witch that came from the sea and Island of Death. So I saw that one also recently. I saw that with Slayer back to back, which is kind of interesting. Um, So, (laughs) anybody else want to contribute to the witch that came from the sea? Anybody else?
3: Yeah. I just have one one little piece of trivia for it. Uh, The director, Matt Matt Kimber, Matt Simber, I don't know how you say his name. Um, anyway, he is the basis for the character Mark Marin plays in Glow as the director of schlocky films that then goes on to start uh, The Gorgeous Ladies Are Wrestling.
1: Really? I did not know that. Nope. And that makes me happy. Oh my God. And it is great. Have you seen the episode where they actually have a list? He goes to the film festival in Glow. If you pause it, you'll see The Killer Nun's there and I Sit on Your Grave is there and Suspiria is there. I think Inferno was there, too. Uh, you know, so Video Nasty's in section three, man. I was pretty excited. So they obviously Is that in season two? It's in season two, yep. Yeah.
3: Oh, I haven't watched that one yet. It's still on my Netflix list. Oh, my
1: God. Oh, my God, no. See, right now, my favorite thing, period, thing I watched this year was Glow season two. Hmm. Oh, I binged it. I haven't time. seen any, it's any of it. good. Yeah, I binged it twice in a row. I Queenie can vouch. I never watch TV. I leave that to Aaron Marie. I will, like, even shows I like, I'll watch, like, three episodes, and then I'll give up. I just don't have time to commit. There's a few exceptions to that, Vikings, Drunk History, um, <clears throat> John Oliver. But that's about it. I, don't, I, I stopped watching The Walking Dead in season three. I haven't watched it since. Uh, I've justified. I watched one and a half seasons. <laughs> And I love Timothy Oliphant. I did watch all of Deadwood, and I can't wait for the movie. that right? It's now been officially greenlit. Yes. Uh, so uh, so anyway, it, go on, I, I guess. So anyway, where were we at? I lost my track. Queenie, since your, four, yes. since your four was jacked, what do you have?
2: I know. Please? Well, I have for my backup Inferno. Oh, Sorry, Argento. Yep. Nice.
3: Topic.
2: I love that film. It's so beautiful. Like, every frame is art. The color usage, oh. like, everything has a purpose in this film, and I love that. Everything's deliberate. And I I, I like the little mystery of it. And
0: there's uh, witches in it. That's great. Right.
2: There's witches in it.
0: Well it's the I, second okay. the...
2: I love witch films, right? So
1: Yeah. And one of the sexiest witches of sexy witches ever is in one shot of mm. this movie. I mean The chicken, no. the um the court the courtroom with the cat. Yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> I, I don't she actually if you go to our uh sexy witches page you'll see a album of sexy witches we've added to over the years and she's in there. Um the mother yeah. of now, I don't remember if it's his first film. Brian might be able to back me up or Amy, too, for that matter. Uh, Roberto Bava, this is, he actually shot this movie for Argento. He's a cinematographer. And I think that's why it looks so friggin' good. I mean, it's the same guy who directed mm-hmm. Demons, right? Um, yep. The, yep. Qu- Queenie, talk about the underwater cinematography.
2: Oh, it's just everything about that scene is, it's almost like it's watching music slow, like water. Everything is about, like, the color usage and, like, just how slow and deliberate things are. But he knows how to build it up to, like, what's going what's going to happen. We don't know, but everything looks really pretty.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so I can wait. <laughs> but I meant
2: to there
1: stay. is no, no plot, even less in Syria. I mean, it's Not basically... Really. <laughs> yeah wandering she around a fabulous fabulous set lit amazing or swimming through it in some cases and then dying i mean that's really yeah. what happens in the movie like die. it's almost like it's not even a giallo it's really more of a slasher if you think about it like a supernatural yeah. one yeah
2: so it's really like a slasher yeah
1: yeah, it's 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 one of I, I don't particularly love Inferno, but you know I have a love to hate relationship with Argento. I, I want yeah. to love him, but I end up hating him a lot because <laughs> he, yeah, you know, he I I love I love does, movie. It's so pretty. <laughs> I appreciate his films. I just wish he like had more narrative. It's one of you know, and then of course yeah. I give Fulci a total pass, which makes me a complete hero. Uh, who needs narrative? Um, Right? pretty <laughs> colors she's
2: happening and it's cool <laughs> it's
1: pretty yeah. now it, it, I could uh, I went to see the 4k transfer of Cisteria on the big screen recently because Ooh. even though it's not my favorite movie I wanted to see it on the big screen in a fully restored 4k version and I would think that Inferno would look even better honestly uh so uh, i would love to see them do i got to see two 4k italian films last year i got to see cesiria and i got to see mario Bava's blood and black lace in a 4k scan oh my god that one find it now buy it it is the most beautiful thing i have (laughs) ever seen (laughs) i was stunned by how gorgeous that movie was and i've seen it before you know, it was like watching a brand-new movie. Uh, so let's hope for, fingers crossed, on Inferno. I'm glad they're starting to 4K these Italian films finally. Thank you for shout-outs to all our favorite local boutiques on the East Coast for and Severn and Vinegar Syndrome and Shoutbagger, all those mothers. They're doing an amazing job at saving these films. So um, anybody else want to add to Inferno while I stop so I can stop rambling here? Mm. Now I not also to say I
3: think it's really good. I like it. It's a gorgeous gorgeous movie. Um and um you know, it's Argento. Like it's maybe right. not the most Argento movie, but it's pretty Argento. If if I can allow, if I'm allowed oh. to use it as a uh, you know, as a description of something.
1: It it's definitely an Argento movie. I mean, it goes into the Argento world. I mean, it, I I yeah. If you mute if you mute a television and put on Argento films I would say 89% of the time I'd be able to tell you it was an Argenta movie just from the cinematography. Like I was saying that about the, uh, the, the New Age Extremity French film. A lot of those films are very similar in their aesthetic. So uh, Now, a film that most people haven't seen, it's also one of the biggest budget films on the list, and I'm really surprised how few people have seen this film. And it didn't come up during the panel, so I'm really glad to talk about it. Now, I actually did not give my top. Um, five during the panel i left that to the panelists but since uh you know this is my show i can do this now one of my favorite films on the video list at number four is a little film by gary sherman who eventually will go on to direct poltergeist three it's called dead and buried uh Mm.
0: 1981 i
1: love this movie for so many fucking reasons uh first of all its location It is shot in Mendocino uh, County, Mendocino City, uh, which is uh, a coastal community uh, in California. I used to go, my first real long, like, my first road trip with my husband before we were married was to Mendocino. My last road trip before I gave birth was to Mendocino, which literally was uh, 35 years apart. Um, and I've been there many times in between, but I really love Mendocino. It's one of the few places I revisit. Uh, so that it was shot there is awesome. And the town is as weird and as quirky as it looks. It's a little bit more upscaling now because, you know, hippies are rich in California. They can't afford to live there if you don't have some money now. Uh, but there's still a lot of local art charm and semi-run-down buildings and weird churches and all that fun stuff. So that's cool. Stan Winston did the makeup. Which is like amazing, uh, and and I will say some of the best kills we've ever. I I, I love the kills in this movie. They're brutal. They're vicious. Uh, especially the opening sequence, which has everything: it has sex, it has boobs, and Robert England, which is in the movie uh, very early. And then uh, give a shout out to Jack Albertson, who played Grandpa Joe in Roy Wonka. It was his final role before he died. And then also, um, one of my favorite actresses from the 80s, because she starred as Dale Arden and Flash Gordon, was Melody Anderson, who plays uh, the sheriff's wife. Uh, the sheriff is the main antagonist of the story. Uh, for people who haven't seen it, I don't want to get into it. It is kind of a, like, like it goes in that vein, like, evasion of the body snatchers stuff except for wives, those 70s films where people aren't what they seem. It's kind of got that vibe to it, but it's definitely an 80s aesthetic. Um, A lot of money was put in this film. It it was the follow-up by the same producers in Alien, completely bombed. Um, We almost lost it for years, but Blue Underground, bless their hearts, launched their label with this title, and the rest is history. Uh, Have any of you guys seen this movie?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did, oh. Denver, It's it's a great, great zombie movie. And, yeah, like you said, you don't hear too much about it. People don't really talk about it that much.
1: No, um, the first don't. time I saw and it and was actually that, it. that
3: Blue Underground release.
1: A lot of people were. I think that was my first time seeing it. I didn't see it first run. I know I didn't. So, uh, you yeah. know. 81, you know, I, I I'm not really into like horror films at that time that are from the now. If you know what I'm saying, I was not. I was really looking backwards at that time. I was into Hammer, and I was really you gotta admit, 81, and I was, you know so Star Wars. It was all about Star Wars, Star Wars, and it would be Star Wars until '83. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, uh, but but as an adult, I just stumbled on this film, and I'm like, why haven't I seen it sooner? It's it's not even that gory. I mean, some of the makeup effects aren't great. There's like a murder with a formaldehyde that doesn't work at all. But then other things do work well, like the fi- the murder with the fire in the beginning is brutal and awesome. Uh, there's a kid in peril that's fun to watch get whacked. Uh, you know, story going on that I don't want to talk about because it would be kind of a spoiler. So
3: um, <laughs> You definitely don't want to spoil this movie. Like, if, if people no. haven't seen it, go out and watch it. It's got a great ending. It's, you know, the whole buildup going towards it. Um it, it's sort of like, I don't know, it, it's like a Coastal America version of almost like the Wicker Man, but, you know, not as not as sort of goofy.
1: And, and it works in a rewatch because a lot of people have issues with Jack Alverson's performance. But if you know the reveal and go back, a lot of the things he says actually makes total sense, uh, you know, in context. So I, I would say it's even worth two watches. <laughs> so... Um, all right, Ryan. Number you're start. We're starting the
3: next round. Number three. Oh my god! I'm oh, up again you. already. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah. A, here we're back to you. All right. You, let's see. Let's start. You start the wheel. <laughs>
3: We've been having a little too much fun going into like movies that are like you know artsy and good. So let's let's get down to a little bit of the bottom of the barrel stuff here.
1: I'm going to go with
3: yeah. uh, 1980s Night of the Demon. And um, this one is, <laughs> this is pretty much the ultimate Bigfoot movie. Sorry, Boggy Creek fans, you're out. It's Night of the Demon. And this is, if there was going to be one movie that should be on the video nasties list, it's probably Night of the Demon. It is so gory. And for a Bigfoot movie, oh, yeah. like, I know in your, in your head you're like, that doesn't make sense. It's a, It's a Bigfoot. What's he doing, like, hitting people? There are so many arms torn off. Various other appendages torn off, uncomfortable (laughs) ones. Um, It's an absolute gore fest, a blast to watch. Some of the kills are in, like, flashbacks or they're side pieces that they're characters you've never seen before. Just, like, random people show up and get slaughtered by a Bigfoot. Um, I don't know. It's, It's such a hilarious movie. If it wasn't so disgustingly violent, it would be perfect for Mystery Science Theater. You know, it's, it's right uh, in that sweet spot of being so goofy, it's a blast.
1: Oh, I'd rather have that than cry wilderness. <laughs> that, that was
3: my favorite one of that season. I love that one. <laughs> oh,
1: you know, that was Vinegar Syndrome Scan of the movie. They used Vinegar Syndrome Scan. Oh, was it? Yeah, because I saw wilderness. they released it yeah. afterwards. Yep, that was their movie. I was very proud of them. I was like, hey, go go James and Brandon, you know. Those awesome. guys
3: are great. They're actually... Uh, they're actually out of Bridgeport, yeah. which is like uh, 15 minutes from my house. Um yeah, I, I've, I've uh, been to their store, the Archive.
1: I would, I, I will tell you that um, if uh, I, like Aaron, Marie, and I have been talking about doing a road trip up to the Archive to go see it, um, and if that's the case, I'm definitely going to ping you. Uh, so. Oh, let uh, me know.
3: Absolutely. Any excuse. Yeah, I'll use any excuse to go down.
1: I, I'm afraid, though, because I know my wallet would fly out of my my pants if I go there. <laughs> so, it's kind of dangerous. Um, and so, uh, where were we? We were talking about Vinegar. Oh, yeah. Night of the penis, demon. penis evisceration. Yes. Which is something we love to talk about on this show. It's got my, probably my third favorite on the show, a penis evisceration in a movie. I know,
2: only number three.
3: Yeah. I know Amy's Amy's done a penis evisceration video, I believe, right?
2: Yep, killer boners. Um
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, what are the other two?
2: Just I wanna know now. Um
1: That's number amazing. two would be I, I do love I Spit on Your Grave only because I like how it's done in silence, which is cool. So I had to have one serious one because like the one in Nine of the Demons one? not that serious. But number one oh, yeah. yeah, Queenie, what's number one? You know me. What'd be number one? for you? i this agrees. Yeah, what do you think my oh, favorite PG you know? illustration is?
2: What's your favorite? Uh, I want to guess. I want to guess. Oh, oh. All right. is it
1: ahead, like a uh, black sheep? <laughs> no.
3: <gasps> no. <laughs> uh,
1: it's an older film from in the 80s.
3: It's got to oh. be Body Melt, right? It has to be Body Melt. No,
1: you're getting um, closer though. Um, uh Street Trash? You guys. Yes, I heard it. Street, street Trash. Street trash! Oh, street trash!
3: Oh my god! Street trash!
1: Street trash. How did I, I forget it that? The yeah, actually, really Marie Yeah, I love that one because of course they're keep, playing keep away with it. So uh, that's my favorite. <laughs> I, I so I love Street Trash. Street Trash is one of my favorite movies. So um, it's it's not a good movie. I would never say that, but it is a great movie at the same time. <laughs> so, I love it. <laughs> Night of the Demons is actually uh Demons, not Night of the Demons, which is a different film completely. Um, Night of the Demon is uh like the penis evisceration in there is closer to street trash, and it is spit on your grave for certain.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's for comedy; it's played for laughs.
1: Oh yeah, that's the thing. It's gory, but it's really campy. Like it's like, uh, don't go in the woods alone. It's really they're just so cheesy. Like you know, they really can't offend anybody because they're just so dumb. (laughs) But but I guess there's someone always to be angry at something, right? And nowadays, it's all the time. (laughs) So, all right. So for Bigfoot's ripping dicks off, Amy, what do you got for number three?
0: Mm. Uh, dang I
2: don't have anything Dick ripping off but it does lead Into another <laughs> one uh, Don't go into the house from 1979
1: Yes I love this movie talk about it
2: Yeah because It was weird I, when I found this one Because the first time I watched it was for this I found a quote saying It was considered One of the most depraved flashers of the time And in my head it didn't make Any sense because I'm like well there's a reason For it There's a reason he went and did those things. There's a reason he was obsessed with fire. Those that haven't seen the film. It's about a boy who was abused and how he deals with that in adulthood. And specifically his relationship with other women or his relationship with women.
1: But there's a lot of
2: context for what he did.
1: I, I don't actually consider it a slasher, maybe in the psycho sense, because it is about a guy dealing with his mother uh, and there is a flamethrower involved. That's the only difference, <laughs> really, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, but the flamethrower yeah, is fantastic. Really yeah, tell, tell tell them how amazing the flamethrower effects is in this film, considering the time period.
2: They were actually pretty good because he makes this, like, room out of metal. And, like, the corpse thing was pretty good, too, like, for burn victims and, again, for 79, not bad at all, and the practicals were all pretty solid.
1: And, and they're using tricks that any magician could use. They're using glass chains, and it's all in camera. It's really, really cool. All right? And, and I actually think the acting is good in this one.
2: Yeah, like, it's not bad for a um, late 70s slasher at all. Like, I've seen way no, worse.
1: Not
2: a... But, matter of fact, you it's came my from favorite scene. of the... Yeah.
1: It's absolutely <laughs> my favorite of the don't movies on the list because there's several don't movies, but this is my absolute favorite. My second is Don't Go in the Woods Alone. I really love that movie. It's funny, but I, <laughs> like I watched it, but the more more I sat on it, the more I kind of love it. And I think it's one of those films when you have an audience for, and you, it will play really well to an audience. And so with this one, uh, Don't Go in the House Alone, it, it would be a really good AB uh, a double feature actually. Um, anybody want to?
3: Back Amy up on this. Yeah, it's been a while since I've that. seen this one, but I remember I remember really liking it. Uh, I sometimes get it confused with Don't Answer the Phone, just because I know it's mm. like a a grown man that has mommy issues and he's killing women. And I always like they 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 sort of blend together. I saw them almost back to back, I think. Um, but uh, but yeah, this one the one with the flamethrower. Uh, it definitely stands out because it's sort of a unique weapon you know, in terms of like the slasher's weapon where he's just constantly burning these women alive.
2: Uh, Yeah. We typically get weapons of
3: opportunity.
1: Yeah. Right. Or, or, or (laughs) toolboxes. that seems to be a thing that goes on. Um, don't go on the. Uh, don't answer the phone. Is actually on the Sex and Three list. It's not on the Video Nasty list, which is kind of interesting. Which is actually a pretty violent film. So, I'd actually say it's more violent than this one, but this one has the amazing on-camera burn effects. So I think that's what happened there.
3: Um, yeah, there's so, a lot more rape in in Don't Answer the Phone.
1: Yeah, there is. Oh my God! Sexual assault. I mean, let's face it. The video nasties. You're gonna hit sexual assault a lot because that was actually one of the indicators that they made it a video nasty. But sometimes you watch some of the ones that they didn't even they didn't prosecute. Like don't answer the phone, and you um section three, and you're like, you know, don't a- don't go in the basement it isn't even as bad as that, you know, <laughs> or something like that. You know, it, it just it, it was like it was so subjective. What was put on what list? You Know that's the problem with lists. Lists are dangerous sometimes, not our lists, our lists are awesome because we're celebrating the movies. So, uh, <laughs> Queenie, what's your three? Yes, yeah. yeah, my number, number three, three
2: is from
0: 1971 Bay of Blood. Oh, this
2: movie, bitch. oh my god, I love the cover for one. <laughs> draws you in, right? You're like, there's going to be murder in this. It's going to be awesome. And then you watch it and go, holy fuck. <laughs> That's how I felt watching this film, because it's kind of almost ridiculous how things play out.
1: Uh, a quick poll here of the panelists on my show. Um, who who likes the ending and who doesn't like the ending? Who likes the ending? Just say aye.
0: I'm okay. I... Oh, so it's
1: unanimous. <laughs> Which yeah. is rare because I I can do that and you'll get mixes. People either like the ending or they true. don't like the ending. of people don't know how to queen. have
3: fun. That's
1: right. <laughs> That's true. This but movie is queen. fun. A lot of people, Mario Bava is considered the uh, other like a lot of people consider Hitchcock and Mario Bava the, the 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 foundation of slasher and a lot of people in particular point to Bay of Blood, right?
2: Yeah, I could see that. I could see why. Because there is a lot of fucking yeah. gore in this. There's a lot of blood. Every, everyone uh, dies.
1: <laughs> I know Ryan is chomping at the bit. What was your number, Ryan, for this
3: one? Uh, it, was, it was my next one to pick. <laughs> that's for sure. I no, it was
1: number two, for, number two for you. It's okay. My number They're two is Jack two. So we'll be understanding <laughs> that together. That's okay. That's two now. I'm mentioning that,
3: me. that the... Uh, I was going to say mentioning the early slasher thing, I think this this movie is sort of the perfect transition uh between uh giallo and slasher. Like I think Bobo yeah. was like the originator of the giallo and I think he's almost the originator of the slasher too with this one. It's amazing. The guy is just, he's well, and the guys just fantastic.
1: And Friday the 13th will not only like give props to this film, but they will rip it off, right?
0: Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: To the shot.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: And it's the same shot that makes them a video nasty. But I forget which Friday the 13th did it. Was it the second or the third one where where they do the spear think, through the
3: bed? In, I think one and two both borrow kills from this movie. I think it's both one and two. Yeah, yeah. I
1: think Ryan's yeah, right. right, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, they literally, the shot is identical. Like, all of it is identical. And I know that's a shout-out to Baba. So it's also very colorful. Uh, in its own odd way like it's not colorful bright like like uh, blood black lace but it's got some really interesting yellows and blue palettes a lot of interesting night shots some beautiful for people of care full frontal nudity I think it's actually one of my favorite um, nude scenes in, in on the video nasty list is when the girl runs down the uh, 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 dock freaks out just bouncing, and she's bouncing I'm like that would be me <laughs> I just run down the dock <laughs> So anyway, so cool, Mario Bava. Um, do you have other films of Mario Bava you'd like to recommend, Queenie? Because I know you like a lot of his movies.
2: <laughs> I I do like a lot of his stuff, but you know, I I'm I'm good. I want to save those just in case, you know. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, I don't exactly. know if we'll ever right? do a Mario Baba round robin, though. We easily could. I mean, he has a lot of films. He could. Oh so, yeah. There. That would be really. Nerdy, nerdy. Wow, we'd have to think about that. Oh, no, now I'm going to make a list nerd of modern mom. films. Thanks. Me on the Devil would be in my top five. But uh, uh. we top five that i I like that movie a lot. Uh, so uh next would be my number three, and I'm surprised no one's mentioned it, and it's my favorite Dario Argento. The reason why it's my favorite, oh. it's the shortest. Um, it also has my favorite score, <laughs> and it also has <laughs> – John Saxon and Veronica Lario in Uh, 1982 Tenebrae is awesome. I love this fucking film from the moment you hear the score for Goblin, you are hooked from beginning to end. It is, it's not really a giallo, even though it's kind of framed that way does have the weird twist at the end, but it really is a straight up slasher almost. And when it comes to some of the kills, Uh, uh, you know, it's a really good movie, I, and, and all the problems I had with uh, Bird with the Crystal Plumage seems to be corrected in tenebrae, You know what I'm saying? Because this is, it, they're very similar movies. Um, I don't know if you guys know. I, I'm sure people know Bird with the Crystal Plumage is Argento's first movie, which is actually pretty good. Um, even, but this movie I think is my favorite. Once again, it's short, and I know people are like why are you saying it's short because I think it's concise. Like like Deep Red a lot, but I don't love it because there, especially the, um, the the director's cut, there's this, this long period of downtime where the lead actor is like walking through a building and hanging off a cliff and none of it has to do with the plot. None. There's no time for that in Senebrae. Senebrae is like murder, investigation, murder, boom, and John motherfucking sacks so uh I, I absolutely adore <laughs> this movie. I've watched it multiple times. Does anybody want to pick up the mantle for this one? No? Nobody has any. Well, to I'll add. just say I Wait. love
3: John I love John Saxon in this. Uh and you're right, this is a I consider it a giallo. You know, it's one of his later ones, but I consider it one of Argento's jallos and uh the <laughs> the amazing, amazing kill with the woman's arm coming off is so fucking good. <laughs> it's just I'm the acting kidding. is so over the top. Like, I love it. I love every part of it.
1: I was so upset last Italian fest because they were playing, even though I was excited about seeing the 4K scan of Blood and Black Lace, they also were playing Tenebre on the lineup, which is filled with the Crystal Plumage, We got both movies. Um, Tenebre, though, I watched it because I know it so well. When they got to Veronica Lario's murder, it was cut. It was the video. Oh my god! Cut. It was the actual edit. We it, the arm because in the in the video, nasty six, the arm is cut out. The scene where the arm bleeds on the wall, like you get to see the arm cut off, but then they cut to her dying in the long version. She actually stumbled into a, the kitchen and splurts the blood across the wall like some like. Like Sanguine painting, right? I made a video of yeah, yeah. that one, you know. Uh, and and so I was really upset. I was like, Oh no! We just watched the video, and I tried to explain it to them, and they just looked at me blankly, like, "What?" But you have got the wrong cut of the movie. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But I, I I still forgive them though, because like I said, the, the blood in the black uh, the blood black lace version they saw was 4K scan, and it had the original ending, so they made up for it. We'll give him a pass, right? Because I love the Canola Hill Fielder anyway. But, uh, but anyway, um, ooh, I know that your number two, Ryan, was Jack. So that means you can take anything from your six to ten, or you can bring up an a honorable mention for this round.
3: Oh, I got one. Don't worry. And I know no one's going to pick way? it. <laughs> Am I up again?
1: Yeah, you sure oh are. God. You're after That's me every time. All right, time here we go. Start... Yeah. I know, I get I get we're lost in the
3: discussion. I don't even remember where we were. Um all yeah. right. Is this what is this? My number is this my number two or number one? I'm still I'm still lost. Number two.
1: two. Number
3: two. All right. Now uh okay, I'll go with this one. Um this is a little bit of a change of pace. Instead of uh picking a movie I love and want to talk about, I wanna pick a movie that I absolutely fucking hate and want to talk about, to bring attention to the movie so people avoid it. This is a 1983's Revenge of the Boogeyman, or I guess in the UK as they call it, the Bogeyman? I don't know. Um, but it's also it also goes by the title Boogeyman 2, and there's a version known as Boogeyman 2 Redux, or the Boogeyman 2 Director's Cut. Now, this one is directed by Uli Lomel, um, one of the premier hack artist's, and and a person who, if you're a fan of, he wants nothing more than to trick you into paying for movies you've already seen. Um, the, the original Boogeyman is a fine slasher. Uh, I don't want to go too much into it in case anyone has anything to say about it, but this is the sequel to it. And the studio came to him and offered him a big budget because they made a lot of money off the first Boogeyman. And he said, I don't want to do it. I don't want a big budget. I don't want to do that. I got my own thing I want to do. And they're like, please, please, please make it. He's like, all right, I'm making it, but I'm not making it with your budget. So what he produced is a movie where the first half of the movie is literal footage from the original Boogeyman. Um, so you're only getting half a movie towards the end if you've already seen the first one. And what they shot was pretty much garbage. It's it, it's basically just a couple more killings and the main actress, who does a really good job. I, I'll, I'll have no problem saying Susanna Love does a great job in both movies. Um, but... It's it's just really really difficult to watch if you've already seen the first one. Now the director's cut, also known as the Redux version, while the first, while well, the original Boogeyman Two is fifty percent footage from the original Boogeyman, the Redux version is eighty five percent footage from the original Boogeyman. He took any previous footage from Boogeyman Two, sped it up to three or four times its original speed, and played it in a flashback, while the director himself. Shot on video, like uh, 20 years after Boogeyman 2 was made, uh, describes what happens in these scenes and then intersperses it with original footage of the first Boogeyman. I hate this movie. I hate the director's cut. Uh, other than Susanna Love being good in it, this movie's a solid F minus. I don't know why it was cut from the video Nasty. It's probably because the first Boogeyman was on it, and this movie's essentially the first Boogeyman. So that's all I got.
1: So, Boogeyman, you know, I saw The Return of the Boogeyman first before I saw the original. Uh, Wait, is it it Return or Revenge?
3: Because they might be different movies.
1: It's the second one. I saw the second one first. I know I saw the second one first. And and then I went back and saw the original. Which, actually, the the villain isn't really a Boogeyman. It's an evil mirror, which is kind of cool. I actually like evil mirrors. (laughs) So, uh, or, you know, uh, Oculus is an awesome game there movie, actually. Uh, but um, I don't know. I, it, there's only two actual legitimate sequels, four films total, that are sequels to each other in Video Nationalist. One is Boogeyman and Boogeyman 2. The other one is Anthro from, from Vegas. I always fuck that up. And Absurd, which is its sequel. Anthropomorphos. They're I not. Believe- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always—it's the Greek movie. I always fuck that name up, but it's both cannibal films. So, uh, but that's it. That's the only sequels, which I find interesting because you know, as we know, horror films like spawn sequels as much. You know, like like uh, ants create colonies. You know, they're just everywhere. Lots of them. You know, I I could not believe when someone reminded me recently, Queenie, that there are ten fucking Hellraiser sequels.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know.
2: Ten.
1: Ten. Oh, <laughs> I know. And, and, and not all what of them are created um, equal.
2: I'm actually going through the Hellraiser movies on my channel, so
1: that's why <laughs> I brought Ivan. it up. Cause I, I just read. But you know what? Even with all that and knowing Hellraiser so well, I rewatched the um and talk about banned film Hellraiser. I watched the uh, uh uh Joe Bob Briggs last drive-in version of it. And you would oh. think that y- y- you learned everything about that movie, and then you watch that, and-, and he gives new insights. And I just absolutely adored it. So I highly recommend watching the Joe Boggs book version of Hellraiser. You will learn something new. Wow. So, all right, I digressed and took a time. And Boogeyman is – is Boogeyman too. no, it's awful. It really is. It's, it's nothing good. It's, it, I, I – Ryan, I can't add anything more because you're absolutely right. <laughs>
3: so I was gonna say, if, if anyone's gonna fight me, I'd love to hear their argument for why it's good. I've already seen the movie oh, Boogeyman I, One.
1: I wonder if uh, Mike Lombardo could defend it because he'll defend some amazingly bad movies. So I wonder. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: he won. <laughs> Amy, you are up with your number two. Did we? Oh, what was? Oh, before we move up to Amy, Ryan, what was originally your number two that you had to drop? It was,
3: uh, let's see, what was I on? I just crossed it out. Oh, uh, Bay of Blood. Bay of Blood. Fabulous. So we just
1: talked about that. So, anime, number
2: two. Oh, um, before we move on, I just wanted to, we were talking about movies with insane amount sequels. What was it? Mike went through Amityville, and it's what,
3: eighteen, nineteen. Oh, Is yeah. Yeah. The problem with that is, that some of them are like not official sequels, but you, there's no way to really tell. Like, you don't know.
1: <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> just got really... the title. You know, the last owners of the house changed the windows.
3: That's yeah, a crime against nature.
1: Yeah. They didn't want people visiting the house anymore, so they actually took the windows out. Which is kind of a sad, sad thing. So, oh, yeah. um, anyway, rest, rest in peace, Amityville Horror House. Uh, well, actually, not rest in peace. It's a freaking ghost house, man. Uh, so, so Amy, besides Amityville Horror and its eighteen sequels, what is your second favorite video nasty? Uh,
2: the second one is the one I'm going to put just for most impact, which is Snuff from 1975. Mm, this and one. we did
1: not talk about this one on the, nas- on the panel please
2: <laughs> yeah no that's why I added it because I'm like wait did we not do snuff so
1: we so did not do snuff or
2: kettle.
0: Can-
2: <laughs> yeah no which is funny because this uh, and Cannibal Holocaust do have connections because they were both prosecuted not video nasty wise because Cannibal Holocaust got brought up on the animal cruelty and thinking that people died, but snuff got brought up when people thought that girl died, which is hilarious when you look back at it because you can see the freaking theme in the hand and it's not a good movie because essentially they got this exploitation biker cult movie and just stuck this one scene that they filmed on the end of it and that's what caused all of this controversy.
1: It's funny, too, because it's never gotten a proper release in England, ever. It was actually pulled from our rotation as well in the Video Nasty era. Um, Not really warranted. The movie's not very good. You know, um, and not at all. I mean, it's, it's definitely one of the most notorious. Like Cannibal Holocaust, it was in the first 17 that were put on the list. And like Cannibal Holocaust, it never left the list. It was there the whole time. Uh, so there's that connection too. Uh, oh, yeah. People actually went to jail over this one. They went to jail over snuff. They went to jail over jail over Nightmare of the Damaged Brain. I think someone went to jail over Holocaust. Evil Dead was prosecuted successfully, but then it eventually was successfully prosecuted and got off the list. I mean, the suit they sued and they got it off the list. So that was amazing. Yeah. Um,
2: Remy fought uh, like crazy on that, and props to him.
1: You watch the documentary, and then they get to snuff the one, you know, the Moral Panic documentary. Uh, they they mm-hmm. talk about, like, they they want to know what the original ending of the movie was, because the murder is tacked on. So, yeah. I don't know, if, you know, will we ever see the original ending of this film?
2: I highly doubt it, because 75, we were not that obsessed with preservation, as we are now, so... You know, it might be like that uh, that Horizon footage. We'll find it in a salt mine somewhere, and it'll be too messed up to it's do anything be with.
1: In a trunk in Italy somewhere, or in South America in this case, where, with it, the, the tagline is "snuff." Um, it only can happen in South America, where life is cheap, or something like that. It, it, yeah. It's really real. Hmm. Um,
2: Uh, That and banned in X amount of countries are like my two favorite marketing tactics from this time period.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cannibal Ox was banned in 31 countries and still has the Guinness Book of World Records for being banned in the most countries at one time. So, you know, hey, make them die slowly. Shout out, right? Snuff too. Snuff's still (laughs) banned in a bunch of places. Uh, So... (laughs) I was team, my madness year when we did the Video Nasty list, I was team snuff actually. Well, because um, it was extreme horror and Video Nasties, and Queenie was the judge that year and she was team martyrs. So I figured you'd appreciate that, Amy.
2: <laughs> of course. Uh, so, it's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I, I, as a matter of fact, I made a gif of the snuff of the, fa- of the thing melting, cause, you know, the, the famous tag title track. I have I have a, 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 a gif of it melting over and over again. I watch sometimes for my amusement. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Queenie, do you have a number two? Yes, I do. It is 1978.
2: So I spit on your grave, or otherwise oh, known oh, as Day right. of the Woman. <laughs> That's uh-huh. right. Let's bring it. So
1: here, we <laughs> bring it. Yep. I dropped it. <laughs>
2: Ice your Grave is not a fun movie to watch. And if you want something that deserves to be on a video nasties list, this movie definitely is. And there's a... I actually think it's kind of an important movie, though. Because it shows... It really shows what it's like to be raped multiple times by multiple people and what that does to you psychologically. Like... You don't just see her go through this horrendous act. You see her also transform into kind of this vengeful spirit, you know, because it's like all that's left of her is vengeance. And she gets her revenge. And it's it's actually kind of satisfying. <laughs> As a rape victim myself, I can, you know, watch this film from a very interesting perspective. <laughs> like, it, it, there's a little wish fulfillment in there, you know? Like, I wish I could get justice in that kind of way but is it justice or is it just vengeance like you don't know and it's hard to kind of it makes you question things it makes you talk about hard subjects so Uh,
1: Stephen King said in me me too Uh, Stephen King said in the Cell*, one of his books that the difference between justice and revenge is revenge hurts more yeah yep
2: it does it hurts everyone more (laughs)
1: Yeah, so uh, Erin Marie, who tried to get on the air and I lost her, but once again, she's in Colorado. So sorry we missed you, Erin, but um, you got a lot of important things to deal with. Your daughter is important. Uh, But she actually has issues with this movie um, because she doesn't think it's very realistic, um, especially the rape sequences. And I was like, from your perspective, Queenie, and Amy, you can chime in on this. How do you feel about the realism?
2: I think the realism is just fine. I don't think there's, like... I, I haven't actually done that sort of thing, the vengeance thing, but we've all thought it. You know, you've all, we've all been through something so horrible that we wanted vengeance on the people who hurt us. You know, and if you can just put yourself in that kind of place, then it's real. Yeah, no, I, I agree How with you... Queenie, and don't even get me started on the remake, because just all yeah, the that's impact that's... was lost. If you watch the original... Compared to the remake, you can see the believability just die.
1: Uh, I, I really like the movie, and I honestly think it, a lot of it has to do with Camille Keaton's performance. She has a lot of screen time and a very thankless job, and she pulls it off. and I actually think the film is more arty than people give it credit to. Especially the final sequence with her on the water with the axe. There's some beautiful cinematography going on at the very end of this film, and I love the ending. I think the ending is great. Oh yeah. Uh, So um, now, of course, we talked about this a little bit earlier. The penis evisceration. The reason it is on the video and Mm after but you actually really don't see it really. It's in a bathtub. In a,
2: in, a, a, in Legacy's you.
1: I mean, there's boobs in the shot, and I think that also is why it got put on the list. It's also a part of the original 17 and stayed on the list to the bitter end. Uh, it's still, I think, banned in, in its uncut form in England. That's a double pick-up. I think it is. I still think it has some time cut out of it. Um, I. I would say that if you're a horror geek or exploitation geek, everyone should watch this movie once. You know, it's like Last House on the Left. Everyone should always watch it once, right? So um, I'm looking at my number two, Queenie. And guess what? You took it already. It was zombies. (laughs) I mentioned that earlier. So from one zombie to another, I decided to bring up my number six on the list which just yes, irked out one of my favorite films. It was my final question for the trivia we did, and it's 1973, th- uh, 45 years to the day, Flesh for Frankenstein, directed by Andy Warhol.
3: Love
1: movie? It, it's so easy. It's care so stars. crazy. Oh, my God. It starts with two kids, like, chopping a head off a doll with a guillotine, and then it gets just weirder from there. Uh, Udo Kier plays Frankenstein, uh, and he would be trying to do is he's trying to build the perfect woman and build the perfect man, and then mate them and make a super being. Uh, it's a little bit, or it's very arty. It, it sometimes gets so very dreamlike, so it can lose its focus. But Udo Kier's performance is so hysterical. I just heat it up, and it's, and the reason why I love the movie is this. To know death, Otto, you have to fuck life in the gallbladder. My favorite line, probably, one of my favorite lines of all time in the movie. And that that line gets cut a lot. And we're talking about making love to our own incisions and stuff, cleaning within my skin. Uh, you know, here's a Frankenstein actually having sex with people's, like, surgical incisions, mm. right? You know, yep. and, and then... It, it, it's so bizarre, yeah. It's so good. I I actually like the other film more. Um, the 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 other piece at uh, Blood for Dr- uh, Dracula, but it's actually only a section three. It's not a uh, video nasty. Uh, so, but I do think Blood for Frankenstein is worth watching at least once because it is got some amazing like it's an amazing location, big mansion, Sleeping vistas, and then a oh, really no. weird Frankenstein Frankenstein's monster story. So. Ryan
3: or Amy, do you have anything to add about Warhol here? Yeah, I um, actually have uh, a funny story about it. So, um, so it. at one point, at one point, I uh, we were just talking to my parents. We're like, "Hey, what did you guys do for your first date?" And my mom goes, "Ugh, your father took me to this porno movie where there was a man yeah. tearing apart other bodies and putting them together to have sex with each other." And I'm like what, are you talking about Flesh for Frankenstein? She goes, that's it? How do you know that? (laughs) So that was my parents' first date, was to go see Flesh for Frankenstein in the movies.
1: (laughs) Okay, hold on for a second. Flesh for Frankenstein, Andy Warhol aside, I can see you accidentally going to this film and going, whoa, this is weirder than I expected, right? Oh, sure, let's go see a Frankenstein movie. It was rated friggin' (laughs) X when it's theatrical release.
3: My father's a so romantic, you... all right?
1: <laughs> you know, I guess you wanted some, man. <laughs> uh, not Wasn't today. that also back
2: before X met exclusively porn?
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> true, but there is a lot of nudity, and, and you know, I'm really – yeah. You know, there's also – it also happens to be the only video, Nasty, that was shot in 3D. So you could actually go see it in 3D. I wonder if your parents saw it in 3D, Ryan.
3: I'll have to ask him. That's definitely fun. Yeah. They just had their <laughs> they just had their 40th anniversary, so I'll ask him next time I see him.
1: Anna, you wanted to bring something up about this one.
3: Yeah, I, I tried to get a uh, 3D
2: cut working. It was really obnoxious because we have the old red and blues. We bought a pack of them a while back, but yeah, no, could not get that thing working at all. i maybe Aww, we'll try it too on bad. CRT. Yeah, but no, it, I was, it, basically I was just gonna say I will always support intestine fucking.
1: <laughs> that's good to know because after all you know gallbladders and intestines leading up too. so you know torsos man there's more interest, you know that, it once again it's the body horror thing I, you know I really appreciate body horror being afraid of our own bodies and, and putting things in inappropriate places you wouldn't think of you know it's always fun yeah. good times good time.
2: Yeah, I think people know oh, my right. own issues oh. with my own body so I'm just like yeah no let's yeah. do this
1: Everyone has issues with their own body, and women. And we're on a no, show no, no, no. with you know we're the sexy witches from the geek girls perspective. A lot of our favorite films happen to be body horror, or we're like K- Queenie here has a huge fear fear of pregnancy, like a like Sylvia oh, Blood. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have that same so, fear. Nothing so, <laughs> in my belly. Please. <laughs> that is me. not safe to run. <laughs> Like, see, like, The Void was one of her favorite films last year, and there's not one, but two horror pregnancies on that one. <laughs> two horror pregnancies. Yeah. I'm still bitter about fun. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, what's your number one? All
3: right, I am call? actually going to pick not only um, my uh, my favorite video, Nasty, but this is actually my favorite horror movie of all time. And I'm surprised Ooh. no one had brought it up before, but this is uh, – 1981's Evil Dead. And, oh. um... Yeah.
1: It's my number one as well, just so you know. <laughs>
3: of course it's your number one. <laughs>
1: oh, but I couldn't make it my number one. I was like, Liz is going to pick this. Of course I am.
3: Uh, well, I you you let me, me go Bruce first. Campbell. You could have had the opportunity.
2: Yeah, you did no, let me go first.
1: first. No, you're first. No, you, you got right. the mantle, dude. This is you. All right, you're go. On All right. Go for it. Go, go, go.
3: So... I love this movie. I don't know how many times I've seen it. It's too difficult to count the number of times. What I do know is, right before the show, I did a uh, a recent count, and I'm up to 26 copies of Evil Dead One. Um, that's everything from VHS uh, through Laserdisc, up you know DVD, Blu-ray, HD DVD, UMD. Um, I love this movie. It is a blast. I can watch it pretty much any time. Like just any time of day. Hey, I'll put on Evil Dead. That sounds good. Uh I've watched this with one of my roommates that I used I used to live with um I don't know, maybe a dozen times, two dozen times. Uh we still get together and watch it. Sometimes Miles who was on the um on my uh my panel Amy who uh, who you met so we we've seen this a ton. Um there's so many insights into the movie. There's so many great even just commentaries. There's like there's three commentaries that I know of for the film and all three of them are fucking excellent and worth listening to and it's not only just insight into the movie itself but movie making like they they go into the nitty gritty details of like how did we get funding to shoot these scenes and I had to go talk to this lawyer about getting this permission to do this and blah 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 Um, I don't know I I just feel like this movie uh, has a lot to do with uh, I would I I almost think my personality like I like (laughs) I love the gore, and I love being serious, but there's nothing better than just having a good time. Like, just go out and have a blast, and that's what Evil Dead is. It's a splatter flick. It's over the top. The acting's not that great. Sorry, Bruce, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, How but, you? It's disturbing. It is scary. <laughs> like, the first
1: movie's got some scares in it.
3: It does. It does. And the camera work by fucking Sam Raimi is brilliant. It's way too good for a guy's first movie. It's way too good. I don't know what he was smoking when he came up with some of the ideas of like having the camera up in the ceiling and panning around the beams and making these whoosh noises. But absolute genius. Uh, I don't know. I could go on and on about this one, but I don't want to just eat up time on here. Uh, I, I love Evil Dead. And uh, yeah, it's my uh, my favorite one on there.
1: And, and read if chins could kill because it's a full chapter on shooting evil dead and everyone should read it. it's essential reading about that film mm-hmm. uh, and, and the cabin rest in peace was struck by lightning and burnt and someone recently found a brick of the of the cabin and gave it to Bruce Campbell as a present I thought that was pretty cool uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's on the list because of tree Rake. Uh, which is kind of silly because the tree race is really only a few seconds and it's more, I mean, yeah, you kind of see it, but you kind of don't. I mean, it's just just silly and over the top. So, uh, But she sells it. We'll give her that. (laughs) So uh, I don't want to talk too much about this film because I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has seen this movie before. Um, Once again, though, it was the only film that was successfully, like, argued in court off the list. Uh, Palace Video, the distributor, went to bat for it, as well as Sam Raimi himself, who testified. Um, And uh, what's amazing about that is in 1981, the number one VHS release was The Evil Dead. It was huge. It had a simultaneous release on VHS and in the theaters. Made a killing. And it was the catalyst for this whole fucking thing. (laughs) You know, it was what Mary (laughs) Whitehouse pointed at. She's like, Evil Dead is bad. And I'm like, no! It's a great movie! You can't compare it to these other films. It's, it, you can't. You can't do it. it. Anybody else want to add to this? Because I could talk about this film forever, too. Um,
2: I, I could talk about Mary Whitehouse's inability to watch anything for a while. But yeah, no, this is amazing. Oh.
1: Oh, I, I, I believe me. I've done my ranking on Mario I House, but you know, I, I, I try not to speak to, Yeah, I, I try not to speak ill of the dead. You know, Heron James Furman, who was the head of the BBFC at the time. I mean, he, when he died in the, it was 2006, they immediately released Texas Chainsaw Master, which is like a movie he'd been like holding. He's like, it wasn't technically a video nasty, but he would not let it release. And so when he died, they're like, here we go, we can have it now. Yay! So, you know, <laughs> you know, we could go on the modern video nasty list. is, You know, there is one. A lot of people don't know that. Um, the Buddy Game's on it. Uh, Serbian Film's on it. My friend's movie, Hate Crime, is on it. In fact, if you go to the previous episode, you can hear an interview with him. James Colin Brissick. Uh, and, and there's a lot of porn on it, uh, but and there's a couple other like weirder little titles, but you know Serbian Jones you know, or Human MP Two, it's all this kind of fun stuff. So, uh, going on, Amy, what's your number one? What brings me oh, home for you home? Oh, fun bit
2: of fun bit about uh, Human Centipede. The reason it's black and white was a attempt at censoring it because black and white yep. tends not to read as more real with blood.
1: That, so. That's a trick. Fun Quentin Tarantino, yep, Tarantino uses it too in Kill Bill One, uh, so he could get it past the censors. So, um,
2: so I am is, going to go. I'm going to change my number one um, from the panel and go with Blood Feast from '63 because it's the oldest Yay! one.
1: Herschel Gordon Lewis Blood <laughs> Feast. <laughs> this is another about. one we
2: can assume everybody's seen. Wow. Mm.
1: And I think all of us love it in some way. I know I do, but <laughs> it's so bad. But I watched it a few times. <laughs> so tell us about why this movie is important and why it's your number one, please.
2: Because Herschel Gordon-Lewis has been deemed the godfather of gore. There's a Joe Bob Briggs quote about how <laughs> Herschel put red meat in the American cinematic diet. It's absolutely true. He was one of the first to really Experiment with that amount of gore that amount of blood that style of blood and we see that influence go all the way through today like we would yeah. not have these gory slasher movies without
0: Herschel
1: no uh, but it is so campily bad I mean like, oh, so like the, the acting is mm. at best um there's My favorite thing is the random snake. They had a snake for a day, and, you know, they used yeah. to drape the, the pagan <laughs> statue. But there's also one point, it just randomly comes up in one of the murder scenes. Like, here's a snake! You know, <laughs> I like that.
2: <laughs> it's the murder um, snake, okay?
1: <laughs> my introduction to this murder movie snake. was through John Waters' serial mom, because they're walking it at one point, and I'm like, mm-hmm what is this movie? And they go, blood, feast, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I have to watch this now. And I did. And it changed my life. So, rest in peace, Herschel Gordon-Lewis. Um, let's yeah. see. Uh, do you prefer, Amy, do you prefer this one, or do you prefer Wizard of Gore? Because I actually prefer Wizard of Gore a little bit more.
2: I do slightly prefer Wizard of Gore, because when you were saying that you saw it in Serial, Mom, I'm like, wait, didn't they do it in Juneau as well? But that was Wizard of Gore. <laughs> Um, I don't know why. With, it's just when the Gore had those, like, weird
1: colors. Uh, it's also the opposite end of the spectrum, because that's his last big film uh, before he reti- semi-retires and does other weird stock footagey things again. Goes back to advertising, of all things. That's the thing. A lot of people, Herschel Gordon-Moose was an advertiser by nature. That was his original job. So I think, like, he shoots, like, a commercial director. <laughs> he really does. Um. So, Queenie, do you like blood Feast?
2: Yeah, it was going to be my number one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Oh, right. oh well, see, that's no, what it happens on good the taste. Sex- Yeah, it, it means you have good taste, and this is what happens on the sexy witch round, Robin. The ones are the ones are time. almost incidental because we love them all. all right, so, uh, and we are running a little short on time here. So, Queenie, what is if you can't use blood Feast, but you can love- follow up. Add something to it and yeah. then bring up one from your list.
2: I'm going to bring up, um, well, Blood Feast, I just love it because it's cheesy as hell. And the whole, the snake thing, like, but they use every excuse to have that snake in the movie.
0: Like, well, they had <laughs> it for a whole day. day. But that Man. day, they I mean... didn't
2: wait. <laughs> you know? And I love that. I love that sort of cheesy little hint. And, yeah. But um, for me, Okay. So my number one was going to be Blood Feast because I, you know, Blood Feast. But so instead, I'm going to choose a Canadian one, you know, represent. <laughs> and this movie is called Visiting Hours, and it has, oh. like, oh man, William Shatner in it, right? Like he's in this, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my god. For, like a hot second. for a hot second, William Sh- William Shatner is in this film. It's definitely a slasher film, and it's set in a hospital. Like, it's kind of weird that way. It's like the hospital is the killer's playground, and he's after this one girl, and, you know, it's it's, it's it's great. I like it, but it's not my favorite movie. I just thought, you know, no Canadian film was brought up yet, so.
1: And Michael Ironside plays the villain in it, which is always, like John Simpson, right. always a pleasure to see him. Yeah. So, yep. uh, you know, So and, and he's pretty good at it, actually.
2: There's a lot of good things about this film.
1: Uh, that was one of and my you know, trivia questions. It, it it played as a B film, uh, the B film, uh, or was Escape to New York? It played as a double feature in its first initial distribution release. So I like that would have been a hell of a double feature, man. Busy uh, oh, yeah. Hours and and Escape from New York. I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be great. Oh, so, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, so. Visiting hour, good time, and and of course the ad campaign was even better than the movie. Uh, a lot of people remember, yeah. didn't see the film, but remember the ad campaign. So I remember the trailer, like yeah, it, yeah, it's one of those trailers that sticks in your head, right? So um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the lights to a skull, you know, it's so much skulls everywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to lose it, Queenie. <laughs> I need to go to bed soon. All right, so okay. that was your, your final. My number, my number one was Evil Dead, so I decided I'm going to bring up my number seven because I love this film. Um, and it's the original Toolbox Murders, 1978, directed mm. by Dennis Donnelly. Um, it was the video nasty year. It was the last film I saw that year, and I was like, why did I save the best for last? Because it's great. Um, Squat, plot, uh, guy toolbox in an ho- apartment killing people. Flat, uh, but what really endeared me to it? First of all, it's actually really good, uh, the acting is crazy but good, and, and the story it's well cut, and you know it, it's a, it's a good looking movie. But it stars uh, child actors, Pamela Thurden and Wesley Yor, who, when I was a kid, were two of my favorite child actors ever. Kayla was, Ferdinand was in Star Trek, and she was in a, uh, Shazam and Space Academy at the time. So she was actually just coming off the height of her career uh, as a child actor. And then Wesley Yure was in the height of his popularity because he was on the show Land of the Lost uh, by Cindy Marty Cross. She played Will. Uh, and I fucking loved Land of the Lost. Like, fucking love it. I still do. To this day, it's not a great show, but it's a great concept for a show, and for a kid's show to get some really true science fiction going down was nice to see because I was a huge fan of that, and I was watching Tom Baker's Doctor Who back-to-back. So uh, you can see what kind of brain set I was in those those days. Like I said, it was all about science fiction in the 70s and early 80s for me. Uh, So Toolbox Mirrors was a pleasant, pleasant surprise. I recommend it. Um, and that's it. We got through the list. I'm going to read mine really fast, and then everyone read yours really fast, um, your 10-2 line, and then we're going to go for the night. 10 for me was Last House on the Left. 9 was Bloody Moon by Jess Franco. Number 8 was The Beyond, a.k.a. Seven Doors of Death by Lucio Fulci. 7 was uh, Toolbox Murders. 6 was Flesh with Frankenstein. 5 was Fun House. 4 was Dead and Buried. 3 was Ten And last was Evil... Oh, two was zombie and last was evil dead. I also wanted to give a quick shout out without talking about it was um, uh, the burning, which I also uh, appreciate quite a bit. Uh, Tom Savini's blood effects are really good. And the murders are in daylight. And I always love slashers that kill people in daylight. So, Ryan, quick final rundown, final thoughts. You're it. This is it. All done right. for the night. We made it. Great. Congratulations, well... everyone. <laughs>
3: Woo! <laughs> Mine is completely out of order because I did not order them, and then I moved stuff around, so I'm just going to list them.
1: That's fine. Um, Just read them.
3: (laughs) All right, here we go. Uh, I had Deep Red on there. Um, Let's go. Deep Red, uh, Revenge of the Boogeyman. These are not in order, by the way. I love Deep Red. I hate Revenge of the Boogeyman. Um, The Beyond, (laughs) The Burning, as you mentioned. Uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters, Night of the Demon, Bay of Blood, Possession. Uh, Evil Dead and I, I Tossed on uh, my last was a bonus uh, Choice and that was Extra uh, Which was on the section 3 List um, just because I love How crazy it is but that's it
1: And Extra is one of those films That people think was on the Two list And isn't it's actually on the section 3 but Extra Extra does get an extra shout out because of The confusion so Thank you Ryan that was an awesome list Amy final rundown What you got for me
2: all right Moved mine around as well, but uh, axe, which you came from the sea, fight for your life, don't go in the house, madhouse, snuff, house on the edge of the park, evil speak, blood feast, last house on the left, and my honorables were hate crime and Anomaldia.
1: Excellent. We did mention hate crime, so that's fantastic. So, um, <laughs> and thank you, Amy, for both of you, Ryan and Amy. You made the panel. Easy and fantastic. I just had to stand there and push you guys in the direction and say, go for it, and you guys were amazing. So, thank you. And also, thank you, Amy, for allowing me to be on your panel as well. I had a lot of fun on the French extremity panel.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm editing that right now, and I can't wait to get it up.
1: Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to hearing it too. All right, Queenie, final list. <laughs> go for <laughs> it.
2: Don't kill me, Liz. I didn't write any of it down. That's okay. (laughs) It was all off the cuff for me, and I was just kind of winging it every time. I'd be like, wait, no, that would be on my list, but I don't have a
1: list. Shit. (laughs) So I
2: don't listen to the show.
1: (laughs) Sorry, guys. All right. Well, that's okay. So Queenie bows out of the final list. That's all right. Queenie, other than that, where can we see you on the (laughs) interwebs? You did. Thank you, Queenie. Uh, Give me your shout-outs for the interwebs. Where can they find you?
2: Me? Oh,
1: um, I'm Queenie Todd
0: on YouTube.
1: (laughs) That's it? You're just Queenie Todd on YouTube? Oh, wait, you want me to say more? you got Twitter and <laughs> shit, too. I know you do. I do. I'm Queenie Todd everywhere. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, find Queenie Todd, not with what a Q, I'm but you with, with a K- K- W. I'm on, like,
2: Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I'm on YouTube. I have a Patreon. I have it all. Like... <laughs> yeah,
1: you, and, and don't forget your store envy page with all your painted. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do crafting. And,
0: and shit. And yeah, I, I do little witchy crafts.
1: You're shit there than you do. What's up with that?
2: I know I'm really bad at like promoting myself. Like I'm learning as I go. We gotta get you to do that.
1: <laughs> JK used to kick me in the ass from Horror Happens Radio because I wouldn't plug myself enough. So you know you gotta plug your I'm shit. Better, you gotta though. do it. All right. I'm learning. Ryan, where can they find? Where can they find uh, you? Will you will? Ryan, where can they find you on the uh, web?
3: Can... You can hear my nonsense on All You Need Is Blood, the horror podcast, on uh, iTunes, Google Play. Uh SoundCloud, um, other things I can't think of right now, Stitcher, uh, some other stuff. Um and you can find me uh on Twitter at Ryan Tutelo, on Facebook Ryan Tutelo. Um so just look at my name and copy and paste it somewhere. Uh but yeah, just search for all you need is blood subscribe. Uh we're on Instagram too. We just got a we switched Instagram pages. Long story long story. Instagram doesn't like handing over old um accounts from one person to another, but anyway. Um yeah, just look me up. I'm on there um, it's pretty easy to find me.
1: All right. And Amy, definitely not least, but last here, <laughs> where can they find your, you and after dark analysis?
2: Um, primarily on YouTube. If you just put in after dark analysis, it'll come right up and all my social media links are there. Any platform I am not after dark analysis. I am blood guts SC, which is an old, Reference to what the channel used to be named before I got terminated. So yay! <laughs> yeah,
1: and that was the YouTube bullshit termination. You heard that they censored the Killer Nun uh, ad uh, because? Yeah, I
2: heard that literally right it. before I called.
1: What, what? the fuck, man? Uh, fuck YouTube, man. They, they, you know, they, we love to hate them, but they 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 just totally lost it in the ad apocalypse. I mean, Queenie had problems too both you know not you guys oh,
2: yeah. that, my, you know what i <laughs> currently banned I'm in 48 c- countries so i uh made up a banner
0: <laughs> saying that
2: yeah <laughs> it worked
1: proudly <laughs> yeah no you got it that's the thing about the video nasties or anytime you're banned it sucks balls no one wants it but where is a badge of honor I means you're doing something right uh, so uh, so, thank you, Amy, for being on the show, and thank you, Ryan. Again, both of you were awesome. I hope we can confer like this again. Queenie, it's always a pleasure, and thank you for getting your list so quickly together. Um, you can find me on the at Sexy Witches, which is Twitter, and also on Facebook, at the Sexy Witches. Um, my personal profile is with Catherine Gray, which I actually focus mostly on history but I and, and current Events, but I also would plug podcasts and things like that. Well, we also have, uh, what's the other thing I have? I have one other thing. I don't even remember what I have. Uh, oh, yeah, my, my personal Twitter handle is K's Pearl EKG. And don't forget, The Madness is coming up. And on May, uh, September 18th, we'll go reading The world Live of the Halloween horror movie Madness. Uh, We will return again. uh, Queenie has a live stream next week on the 21st. Go listen to her live stream. It'll be Tuesday night on your YouTube channel. And then Sexy Witches comes back on the 28th for our animation August episode. We always do at least one every year. This year, it is going to be the Love and Life and Times of Matt Groening, and we'll have a review of Disenchanted. And I will also have a treat. We will, I will. I have the audio from the Bob's Burgers panel I did at San Diego Comic-Con where I actually got to ask a question, and I'll play that in its entirety, which is about a half an hour. So all of that on the 28th, 9 p.m. live. Be there. Uh, now we're going to leave, guys, on a little bit of a somber note. Uh, right before air, of course, people were talking about this earlier, um, Aretha Franklin is in hospice care, and by the time we come back on The Sexy Witches, I'm Afraid She'll Probably Be Passed. And that, to me, is is heartbreaking because she is the queen and she's one of my favorite performers of all time, as a lot of people feel that way too. So I wanted to leave with one of my single favorite performances of hers that has ever been recorded. Um, She was at the Grammys in the 90s. And um, at the last minute, Placido Domingo had to drop out due to being sick. And Aretha Franklin jumped in and sang Nessa Dorma, uh, and it's a level, and and uh, no one knew. Like, of course, we knew, but you know, a lot of people know, don't know that she's actually classically trained. She can sing opera, but she doesn't do it very often. Well, she did it that night, and she brought the house down because she is the queen. So, blessed be. Good film hunting, everyone. Good night, and I'll leave you with Aretha. Don't, and uh, we'll be back on the 28th. Thank you, everybody. Good night.
4: Century. Today's operatic world is represented by another voice who is truly deserving of the term legend. My friend, Luciano Pavarotti. (laughs) Unfortunately, tonight his doctors have advised him to give that sore throat a rest. The selection he was going to perform was Nessun Dorma. Two nights ago at Music Cares, another legendary voice performed that same song, one you might not expect. She's agreed to step in for a friend, Luciano, literally at a moment's notice. Ladies and gentlemen, Aretha Franklin.